Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. Did I mute my mic? No, why? You well, did I mute my mic? You always mute my mic. You penis, fucked up. Penis, 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 <laughs> penis. I mean, penis. I thought you were enough of a grown up finally that I didn't have to do that. Penis, no. penis, penis. You would never penis. make that assumption. Penis, penis, penis. penis. <laughs> there we go. We're off to a great start already today. I haven't even gotten through the intro yet, and all hell's breaking. Welcome to Stay Cool and Stay in a Mix. Stay, stay in a Mix. What? Anyway, look, I'm the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75, which thankfully thousands of you have done. Um, don't don't be shy to tweet us, say dumb shit, say not dumb shit. Um, we will respond in some fashion. It'll probably be mean-spirited and unkind, but it's all it's all in good fun. So uh, don't hesitate to uh, reach out to us. Or you could even email us at uh, mmmshow75 at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram us now, right, Byron? Instagram, Are you doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to actually make a post right now. Uh, Instagram, we're on all the social medias. So Officially now. All, all Well, I, I don't think we're on like... Uh, we're not Snapchatting. Yeah, and and you can't uh, you can't swipe right and date us or anything like that. Ooh, well, we should, we should do that. Byron has some secret account that I don't know about for that. It, it's uh, it's just the logo of the show. They get a lot of left swipes. Yeah, yeah, we're I'm sure we're a big hit on Grinder. How's it going, guys? What's this a left crazy. swipe do? A, le- a left swipe is a no, and a right swipe is a yes. So basically, aside from all the other stuff that you do with those apps, you're basically just judging people. It's like taking the best <laughs> part of that. It's that the best part of the old website, Hot or Not, which everyone knows. Don't pretend you don't know the Hot or Not website. Oh, no, I knew about I definitely knew about that. But that was in like, you know, the late 90s, wasn't it, Byron? That's a long time ago. I don't know. I read about it in a in a in a blog or something. So yeah, we used to talk about it on MySpace back in the day. <laughs> but it's like basically what you do is is you judge. So I'm going to try and do this to camera. So you're like, yeah or no. And then if you match, then you go, oh, shit, I don't want to talk to anyone. And then you like exit out of the app really quick. But you like to judge people. And sometimes you find a really weird person you make fun of with your friends. It's a great app. Okay, if you say so. Sometimes you see someone who's fascinated with action figures. What are we talking? We're talking about we're, we're talking about your grinder account, right? I don't yes. know what that app is. Casey is very familiar, apparently. Yeah, your dad showed me. Um, hi, hi, I'm back. I think I haven't been on the show in like a month. Um, Find him I, on Instagram at Lucha Gringo. Wait, yeah, Casey, Casey, completely understandable that you've not been here. We all get exactly what was going on. We we don't want to, you know. We know that you're trying to better yourself in life by, you know, dodging DJ when he comes on the show. I'd be scared if, of him too if, if, if I was you. If any, if anyone is dodging anyone, it would be the person that came on the show after I already announced I wasn't going to be on. So you'd look at Twitter. That, though. I don't think yeah. he knew that. He was very pleasantly yeah. surprised. I don't think BJ follows you, Casey. So I don't know why he would. Uh, it, it, he he does. He probably has mm. me on mute, but he follows me. Mm. He told me in person. We talk on the phone all the time about stuff. I give him ideas and advice on life and everything. Like I'm giving him a lot of advice and then he's like, Casey really bugs me. I'm like, you're not alone, dude. Yeah. Um, so that's in that story for the listeners. The sexy star title reign was Byron's idea. <laughs> he gave him. I, I don't believe that. 
yeah yeah um so how's everyone doing i haven't Sorry, been around I for a while i've the link i'm slow i just tweeted the link at... oh, oh so you know i now that you just tweeted the link and no one knows that we're on i want to wish a happy birthday to paul cross because you will not see this part of the show at byron fever what i don't that's know was... that's your whole intro now just at byron fever I, I, I'm just trying to slip it in somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, I am not the Lucha Gringo on Instagram, but feel free to tag me, to tag him and all of my pictures for the show. You know, uh, this this episode, and we'll get to it a little bit later, uh, pit, pit the two Lucha Gringos against each other quite a bit because uh, he was definitely cheering for Saul, Son of Havoc. Um, like yeah, why why are you calling yourself Lucha Gringo if you only cheer for fucking white people? What's up with that? <laughs> okay, first of all, that seems to be a very proven fact and a legitimate question. That, that well, I guess so. If you say so. <laughs> it sounded like I was going to disagree. Yeah, like I didn't know where you were going with that, but uh, no, I was I agreeing with him. I appreciate everything you did with that, right and, there. Um, and shout out to Pizza Party Printing, creators of the Sharpan Joe T-shirt. Fucking right. I got some more shout outs too, but I, I want to definitely shout out uh, Homegirl and yeah. Overkill Hill and her dope ass shirt that we started Dude, commenting on. That's a on. cool shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's she definitely, I think, agrees with uh, J Man's shirt idea that we need to that we need to step up our shirt game. I don't know who that is. Uh, and I want to give a shout out. Um, actually, I want to give a price check on a jackass. How long have you been waiting to do? You've been waiting like three whole weeks to do that, haven't you? Fucking right, dude. Look, he's even got middle fingers and shit. Look at that. Wah. Um, we got a lot of stuff to to hit today. I really do want really? to get into the rumors and stuff. Let me throw out the rest of the shout outs. Uh, big shout out to, oh my God, Brian, Byron came appropriately dressed for the day. In his salmon, salmon, salmon. salmon. Oh Sal God damn it! Salmon. What is wrong with you? Or as dirty, or dirty the kid says, salmon. Uh, salmon, salmon, salmon yeah. jacket. I think. I mean, you know, we. Okay, Byron. Exp I mean, explain. Explain your obsession with pink. What is it? I mean, sal salmon. I like this blazer. I got it a while ago, and it's it keeps working. Like it, it never goes it. out of style. Did it ever come into style? Yes. If he were, if it. Byron, if I you mean, were to be one of the Usos and had to wear a pink, uh, a pink bandana in your back pocket, which it's not 1985, Casey. We're not making bandana pocket jokes. You notice how no one else is like lumping in on that with you. <laughs> hey, I'm saying it's a proven fact that a red hanky in your right pocket means that you like to get fists in the bottle. Like I. It, do what makes you happy, Oos. I don't care. That, that was a pretty dope match, though. I did watch Hell in a Cell, most of it. Mm. Oh, we should talk about that a little bit later, too, because I, I watched it as well. And uh, I certainly heard people say good things about it. You didn't watch it, Byron? No, I, I couldn't find a bootleg feed in time for that match. Um, anyway, let me send a shout out to the homies over at Mass Republic. If you don't know who they are, you oh, should. Yeah. Um, they are, I, I like to think of them as the, the American keepers of Lucha Libre to a certain extent that kind of, you know, help disseminate and, and, and proliferate the Lucha Libre 
culture up here stateside and Europe and all, all around the world now too. And uh, don't forget Lucha Expo is only in like, I don't know, 390 something days. <laughs> when, when is it? It's like, it's, it's still like 300 days away, right? Uh, yeah, but they're, they're announcing cool shit, man. They got their own muscle figures now. That's fucking yeah. amazing. Like there's two wrestling groups that have muscle figures, WWE, and it's just the legends and then mass Republic with the Lucha Libre guys. Uh, great job on the merch again, Lucha Underground. Um, I Lucha also, Underground is barely a company. I want to give a shout out to our second favorite cross on the MMM show, Paul cross. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Paul. Hopefully you hear this, um, or see it or oh, Paul's in the chat room. He says, shove it up your pie hole. Casey Byron is cool. Nice jacket. He didn't say any of those. It's what he wrote. I'm Come just on. reading words. I'm not that creative. You I do. I, you know what? It's your birthday. You can say, you can say whatever you want, pal. Do 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 you today? Ow. You do you, damn it! Happy birthday, Polly Cross. Yes. All right. So you got that handled, Byron. You, you did that the right way or close to it. What am I? Don't know what I'm even doing. I don't know. I, I know none of us have ever known the answer to that question. I'm trying to Instagram post, and I'm basically my my cell phone was like no, and now it's just it's like bricked. I can't, I plugged it into charge, and it had juice. I don't know. I'm just, I'm struggling all around, but I'm okay, wearing. Well, let me get back to, okay. So you were talking about figures, which, which brings me to my next shout out, which is uh, to, to our homeboy, Chris Roach. And uh, I made a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I made a comment about uh, how I thought it was funny that uh, Rey Mysterio gets more mentions on WWE product right now than on Lucha Underground product. Yeah. Which I think he took a little bit of offense to, which is fine. I, I don't mind offending people every now and then. I have um, something to say about why, though, but that, that's finish your thing. Well, I mean, and, and Roach, Roach jumped immediately to his own defense and, and the whole Lucha Underground staff's defense of, yeah, well, remember all those fight packages leading up to the Johnny Mundo thing? Like, we gave Ray all sorts of airtime. My comment wasn't even really dissing what uh, Lucha Underground has done with Ray at all. It was more to say that I find it very interesting how much WWE still talks about Ray as in they're trying yeah. to do stuff with him. But when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Like they still make a ton of money off of Ray. They still have licensing deals with Ray and Ray still makes money with them. I mean, he's still in, in video games. There's still toys that are actively being put out where they have licensing agreements in place with him to use him and his likeness for, for things that are out there. So, um, I, I, you know, Ray and WWE aren't 100% fully in bed together, but they still, they still have business together. I also think, well, it was Eddie's birthday. Happy birthday, Eddie. Yeah. Um, and so that's why they even had Kalisto win and they gave Kalisto a live mic uh, on a live show for some reason. Okay, and, guys, uh, Eddie's so, birthday. So he was referencing Eddie and in referencing Eddie, I think he also name dropped Ray a whole bunch of times. And also it's like, it's Kalisto. So he probably knew two things, Eddie and Ray. And he said them like 10,000 times, which is better than the last time he got a live mic. Yeah, he. I'm surprised he didn't say, "I I am inspired by an Eddie Guerrero thing." Uh, but Eddie. Um, speaking of Eddie, still half of my favorite match of all time. Also speaking, of Rey Mysterio, which was their Halloween Havoc match oh, versus yeah. title match, still my favorite match of all time, and I don't see anything dethroning it, um, especially not this week on Lucha Underground because Jesus Christ, way to put my favorite wrestler in the shitty, shittiest match I've ever seen in my life. Ah, uh, we'll get to it. Well, 
don't know. Enzo had a good match. What are you talking about? Oh, oh no. En- Enzo is my second favorite wrestler. Um, also, big shout out to uh, Dante Oblivion and the whole Way Too Real uh, no. podcast. Thanks no. to those guys. Yes. Yeah. I totally plugged this last night. Those guys are great. I love them. See, okay. Oh, and I, I, I misspoke. I said podcast, but they're not a podcast. As Dante has pointed out to me at several points in time, like if you're expecting a podcast, don't listen to Way Too Real because that's not what they're about. It's a party. It's just people hanging out. They're talking about shit they want to talk about, mostly Lucha Underground on the on the Wednesday night show that they do with Rachel and uh, Mil Machetes and CJ De Niro and those guys. Um, and Bosworth. I haven't seen him in ages, though. I hope he's all right. Um, anyway, shout out to those guys. Love those dudes. I love Dante's voice, too. Listen to that guy's awesome. It's so like, in summary, Justin said, don't listen to way too real. Those words were in that sentence. And that's the only part I heard, man. You would no, you, you don't Dante listen just to, need to start trying to bury each other on Twitter just so I can watch. It'll be so much fun. Oh, I would you never see it. I don't you watch it on Twitter. <laughs> they, had, they had Holly Meowie on uh, recently. Yeah, which and she's hilarious. That episode was uh, that was actually really, really good. Um, Modern day Lucille Ball. Kind of, kind of. She really actually kind of is. Did, did you see I, my face when I said that? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Um, another shout out to uh, Kevin Flynn, just because he's mm-hmm. Kevin Fuck Flynn. yeah. He's Kevin. the man. He takes second, good care of us. Second favorite Kevin of the podcast also. Yeah. And I believe, I believe that uh, Kevin may have overtaken Alberto as our number one listener of all time uh, by any stat metrics that I can account for. I believe that Kevin may in fact be one of the few people that has actually heard and or seen every single episode of this show. You know what though? Alberto can take this back because you know, he's a DJ, right? So he can like play our shit with some fat beats behind us and completely clear out clubs. So no one, you know, like when it's time to leave. Alberto may also be a bigger He-Man fan than you and DJ combined. Oh no, he is. His collection is fucking amazing. Yeah. Fucking sick. Like I follow him on uh, Facebook or somewhere else too. And like, I just see all of his stuff and I'm totally jealous and I feel like I'm reliving my child through childhood through him as an adult, which is either really sad for me or really sad for him. I don't know. Um, Also got to give a shout out to our boy, Jack Evans. Uh, Good luck with your visa. Maybe don't fill out visa paperwork stoned. Just saying. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and try not to lose your hair, buddy. Uh, so then when when would he up. when would he actually fill out the paperwork then? I don't know. I dude, guess that, dude, <laughs> that would be the issue. That's the last thing on his mind. He is about <laughs> to put his hair on the line in the crash. You know, you got to be, uh, you know, against uh, fucking bestia say say say. So, which is going to be huge. Going to be a good match. But I hope that he gets his visa issues worked out because I know that there's certainly a lot of places where he should be and could be wrestling and making some some loot. And I want to point out, it's Bestia Say Say Says who doesn't lose his hair once or twice a year like his dad. So uh, it's not Damien, because then you would know Jack was safe. Right. Can, <laughs> shit could happen. Can we, can we watch? Do they have any sort of uh, streaming or Twitch or YouTube channel with the crash? Is there a way to watch it without going there and yeah, um, you you become a Patreon of Conan's podcast. Uh, keeping at 100 and they actually have the shows as patreon bonuses that you can watch all the grass shows so Ooh. conan conan made a, a a rival company just to mess with just to one mess with triple a so he can hire triple a guys like once every two months 
two, to get himself hired back to TNA Impact GFW, and three, to get people to donate $5 a month to his podcast. Nah, dude. Um, Conan's actually he's getting a, a hip replacement soon. So good luck. Another one? Yeah, and um he's gonna start training and maybe do a comeback thing. And that's that's from the observer and uh him and Dave are boys, so I think it's accurate information in this case. Why wouldn't he? His finish was a half-assed Boston crab. Like he's not he doesn't have to bump. I saw one of his huge matches against Vampiro oh. and he barely did anything. Dude, okay, first of all, do not shit on the Tequila Sunrise as a half-assed Boston Crab. That's an awesome move. And I think we're also forgetting how dope the 187 was. Yeah, Thank but he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that anymore. Oh, he, can do he, he can do it. With a bad hip? Yeah, Dude, you do it one, one or two more times. I'm not saying he's going to do it uh, a lifetime of them anytime soon. But Dude, I want, I want to point out the fucking Hollywood backlot brawl from WrestleMania 12. Okay. where Rowdy Roddy Piper was getting hit by cars with two fake hips put in. Dude, you're I, Superman I mean, once you get one. But you're, but you're comparing um, the, you know, you're comparing doing whether or not something is sensible or not and Roddy Piper. Like, he's a legend, but he's also one of the craziest maniacs of all time. Just because yeah. Roddy did something doesn't mean a normal human being would be able to get away with it. And also, Roddy kind of thought he was going to be able to jump high enough to slap the windshield, and he just got hit by the car instead. <laughs> it's in his book. It's it's a pretty funny story. Uh, and uh, and he talked about it on his podcast, which I pretty much listened to up until the day he died. And it's it's a great podcast. I don't know if you can even listen to it now. Um, but uh, I'm going to mute that because my phone's ringing. Continue, Jim. Oh, go ahead. So my last big shout out is to um, Thunder Rosa. AKA Cobra Moon. Um, she's just awesome. Like, she retweets the show every week. She listens. Brian listens. Like, much love to everybody over mm -hmm. at Sabotage and the whole uh, Cervantes crew. Um, I mean, they've been, they've been very, very supportive. We've been supportive of them, too. And the only reason we've been supportive of them is not because we're marking out for them, but because we see all the work that they put in across the board, period. I mean, Thunder Rosa has been killing it. She just did a huge European thing. She's always doing dates, doing stuff as a promoter. Like it's crazy. Um, same shame. California lost them to Texas, but whatever. We'll, we'll have to get out there. And uh, I think I'm, I think my show is going to Texas in a few weeks. Maybe I'll get out there and see something. If they got something what, running. What that show? The show I'm working on now, dude, I expected you to be so much, so much fatter from working on that show. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's a cooking show. I'll talk about it soon. But uh, yeah, my last little trek was through the south from Memphis to New Orleans. And it was like all yeah, I, I didn't eat very healthy. But you know, I, it was funny because I got to New Orleans at the end and I started eating salads in New Orleans of all places. Because <laughs> I didn't have a choice. Um, you don't right, win so friends with salad. I just want to tell that to listeners. You don't win friends with salad. Uh, sorry. That's it. So let, let's move on to the stuff I know people really came here to talk about uh, or hear us talk about or maybe talk about themselves. You hit us in the chat room. Hit us they on want Twitter. They want to say words. Byron, what was going on with this screening? What's this screening about? There's a screening. It's in 4DX. It's basically you're going to watch. 4DX is a special uh, type of high-definition screening. Basically, it's the first of its kind, and it's just one of the latest really good picture technologies. I mean, it's just the next one. 
Byron, so this Byron, is better Byron, than Byron, Byron is wrong. 40X has all kinds of weird effects like moving chairs and fucking smells and so like, it's like water effects. Four and a half K and a little brighter. Dude, it's like when you go on Shrek 4D Universal Studios or the much missed Terminator ride. Like shit's happening, you're moving. So like, this is like yeah. uh like one of those ride things, right? Where your seat moves a little bit. So yeah. the seat's gonna yeah. ruffle so middle, during the Muertes farts or something like your chair rumbles. Yeah, dude. See, that's the thing. I hope that the smell technology actually takes the fans to that corner that smells like doo-doo that's over by the fucking temple. You know, poo corner. So here's my here's one of my questions about this before I get into the ticket thing, which I want to address. But so this isn't something that could have possibly happened overnight. Like you have to prepare a 40x screening and there's things that go into it, right? So how long do you guys think this has been cooking? Shit, I don't know, because uh, movie theaters program them pretty quickly, but it depends uh, what effects you're getting hit with, right? Like, have you I been to the ones? Happening? I don't know why this would be happening right now. Like, what do they get out of it? They're not doing, they're not selling tickets. They're not, they don't Market have a theater lights. big enough. I mean, this is clearly, I mean, if I were to guess, I'd say that they're going to bring some people that they're trying to make deals with and they're trying to just show a little bit. <clears throat> A little bit of the hype of how crazy and how awesome the show is, but I, it's it's not a real like, have promotion. You, have you ever done a D box, Byron? Like <laughs> at the uh, like at the Chinese theater, how they had the D box seats for a while. I don't think they still do. It's kind of like that, but um, those were fairly easy to program. But it sounds like 4DX has way more prep put into it because there's a lot of other effects depending on if they use them all or not. I don't think they're really going to do much more than maybe a rumble for the for like the sub channel. But why why would they have like I get the screening they did um, when the one Justin and I went to was like um, they showed Haley Ultimate Two Dose. No, yeah. oh the finale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we that went was to the cool. season. Yeah, but that was also projection quality wise crappy. I mean, you're basically projecting video on a movie screen. It was like one of those things, like the pre pre trailers when you go to the movie theater. Yeah, it's like that kind of quality. Like quality-wise, this should be 130 percent better than any screening of Lucha Underground so far. But why? Why is well? That I'll get to I'll get to the why. I mean, there's there could be a few reasons. First of all, this isn't the kind of thing that you just do overnight. You don't become the first hour-long TV show screened in 40x overnight. But um, that doesn't necessarily indicate all the things that I've heard people saying. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's some season four. I, I don't believe it's even what you just said of maybe they're trying to impress some new people because who, who would, who, L Ray is putting this on. First of all, that's the first thing to know about this whole situation and why it's going down the way it's going down. L Ray is doing this. It's not Lucha Libre FMV. It's not MGM. It's not factory made. Even it's L Ray network that is putting this on. Um, so that means one of two things, <clears throat> either El Ray or Univision, their parent company, um, wants to display this technology overall for their overall products. Um, or it's geared towards advertisers, people who think that this is gear geared towards investors and whatnot. There's nothing to invest in on the Lucha underground side from the network side. The network buys the TV show. They pay a certain amount of money for it to be made. Um, now, you might invest in the network, but you would never invest in one 
show of a network if you were investing through the network. There's no money to be made there. There's already ad revenue coming in and people need to, to start understanding that that is the, the business model of how this works. Um, and, and that Lucha Underground itself, the name Lucha Underground, the word Lucha Underground is not a wrestling promotion. People keep trying to describe us in wrestling terms and you just can't. And every time you do, whether you're Dave Meltzer or you're some idiot on the on the web, you're just going to be wrong. Stop describing this show in any fashion as a wrestling company. It is not WWE. It is not GFW or TNA or whatever the hell name they're going by. It's not Ring of Honor. It shares no comparison in business model to these things whatsoever. And people have to get that through their thick skulls. It just doesn't. So that being the case, hey, folks, let's explain how TV works. This is a promotional event from a network. Okay, so either they're trying to do something for the network or maybe they do still have some interest in Lucha Underground or this was just planned a long time ago or we're getting towards the end of the year and you have what's called a budget burn off, which means you do have a little bit of money left. It's not enough to put completely towards a whole show. You start putting it towards specials or promotional events or things that might get advertisers interested, uh, things that let people know that you care about your product. This is what you do with your money that's already been earmarked to be spent. Mm -hmm by the end of the year. So maybe there was money left in the Lucha Underground promotional budget um, because of the hiatus or this, that, or the other thing. There's lots of reasons why and how this money could be getting spent. And they don't necessarily have anything sadly to do with the future of Lucha Underground. No, it's not a bad sign by any stretch of the imagination. Anytime the network is putting money in or doing something to promote or hype any of their products, that's not a bad thing. But you also look at uh, Dust Till Dawn, they put a lot of money into that show mm -hmm. right up until the last minute, you know, mm -hmm. and they still want to do stuff with it and they can't because of the price, which I'll get to shortly. Um, so, but th this being an L Ray thing, also people need to understand that this is why tickets didn't work the way they wanted them to work. Okay. This mm -hmm. was not from <clears throat> everyone who's been invited to Lucha Underground things in the past. That is from the MGM guest list. MGM was the one maintaining that list because as a part of the TV show, they want to have hyped up audiences. They want to have good crowds. And if you look at the way that this whole thing was announced for this 40X screening, it wasn't announced originally by Lucha Underground or EV Dub or DJ or Vamp or any of those guys. This wasn't like a signing or something that was part of the product itself. This was coming from network. And then those people tweeted it after the fact. In fact, some fans even had the information probably before some of the MGM and, and product Lucha Underground people did. This is a network promotion. Um, now, that screening that you and I went to, Byron, was also a network promotion, but the network asked MGM, like, hey, how do we pack this thing out with the right people? We have execs mm -hmm. and other people coming. We want them to get a feel of the real Lucha audience for this screening. So those people, uh, they took the guest list, the MGM guest list. They took the, that top tier of it that we all know exists. And they sent invites to those people. And they also did it differently there. It was through email. Um, and then eventually it got posted. But, you know, it was a different process. Now, for this one, you had to email El Rey directly. Same office that did that screening we went to, by the way. Um, and that office is through Univision here in LA, I believe. And they set the whole thing up. Uh, also, not a lot of 
fans are going to go to this thing. I think the total is 40 or something. And, you know, which yeah. means that they have big wigs, execs, and other people already coming and maybe some of their families and whatnot. So it wasn't something that really they should have ever opened up to the public because they were only going to be disappointed in the first place. There was never going to be a whole lot of tickets. So I don't think this is a big venue. Um, this is clearly being done for a reason. We don't necessarily know what that specific reason is. But yeah, sure, they're trying to impress somebody. Um, but I would imagine that it's more on the network investor side as opposed to anything specifically to do with Lucha Underground. And honestly, uh, if you're a fan that wanted to go and is butthurt that you're not going, it's not a wrestling promotion or a TV show or a network's job to suck your dick just because you like the product. Oh, but maybe it is. I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, I know people are a little upset about it, but because that's because of the lack of an announcement for season four. That's because of a lack of opportunities to get hyped up. Um, there's a reason why Lucha Underground was so special towards the end of season two and the beginning of the tapings for season three. It's because fans really did feel a part of it. There were these special events going on. All the all the talent was talking about it all the time. Everybody was hyped up on the future of this product and what it could do. And and especially around here, the the local Angelinos and even the you know the people like the Rosas that come in from God only knows where, like people were hyped up about it all the time and they felt included. And now people are starting to turn on the product because they feel unincluded. The problem is there's nothing to include you in. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be happy to include a whole lot of people. They'd be happy to get fans hyped up. They'd be happy to get some storylines circulating or, or pump you up on talent. You know, like we saw between seasons, the whole hype between Ray and Johnny between two and three. And that was amazing. Like they already started it between seasons and they can't do that right now. They don't have a season four to do that for. They don't know what all talent's going to be there. They don't have the answers to do that. They could try to stimulate the situation, but there's also no one that works on the TV side in that office right now. DJ's not currently employed by Lucha Underground. Like I'm sure he's got a contract to come back, but there's nothing to edit. There's nothing to write. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to do. Uh, EBW still works in conjunction with MGM and Burnett's people and all that. And he's obviously he's working on, on helping with the wow product. So he still technically has some uh, employment there, but he's not currently working right this second as the executive producer of Lucha underground on product. He's working on negotiating to get product, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they don't have a product right now. So everyone who's unincluded, sorry, there's nothing to include you in. This was a network thing that, you know, God only knows why they're doing it, but um, it's being done and we should all be happy that that uh, Lucha Underground, if you're a fan of Lucha Underground, I guess you should be happy because many people aren't anymore. Um, but they're, they're not wrestling promotions. So this brings me to kind of this, it, I, I, this investor thing that people keep talking about from that damn article and those rumors that are going around. Mm -hmm. people are talking about how you know oh they're they're bringing in investors to deal with the live product to help bring more money in for it and blah 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 that doesn't help you with a season four everyone needs to understand okay lucha libre fmv is the closest thing to the wrestling promotion side of this that's dorian and his investors when we talk about the initial investors all those people are on the Lucha Libre FMV side. They got money together with Dorian and, 
you know, they started getting the the licensing together. They started getting the concept together of basically bringing AAA guys up to the States in some fashion. And how would they do that? They got Rodriguez and Burnett on board. You know, that is the initial start of this company. When you're talking about investors, those are the initial investors, which, by the way, are not 100% paid off. They are being paid off. They are moving in the right direction. They still want a season four also, but they're not going broke like people keep reporting. They're not not getting a return on their investment. They haven't seen all of it yet, but everything was moving in the right direction with licensing and this, that, and the other thing. And merchandise, believe it or not, is better um, financially for them than it used to be. The the hot topic and internet stuff and some of the other distribution venues that they've gone down have helped, especially considering... Uh, you know, live slows of show, live shows have slowed down, and this, that, and the other thing. They're making money. They're making money. They'll get their money back, especially if the product keeps going, um, and and they'll see a nice return on it. But I wouldn't expect to see a fresh influx of cash into that side of the investment anytime soon, because there's no reason for it. They already put in their money. They already created the idea. They already put it out there. They already got all the licensing together. They already have t-shirts and stuff out there. There's nothing really to invest in on that side, except maybe uh, a live tour or whatnot. But that live tour means nothing if there's no TV show. So I, I wouldn't expect that any big investor that people are talking about is coming in just purely to do that at this point in time with no announced season four. That would be foolish money spent. That would be a bad, bad way to spend money. Um, if you were to invest in Lucha Libre FMV as owners of the Lucha Underground brand name and and promotion side of it. Um, there's plenty of investors in there. They have more money, too, that they could all be throwing in themselves if they wanted to. But that would just be bad business, people. And that's not how you do business. You invest in something. You throw more money into it when it makes sense and when you're going to see a return. Um, but without a confirmed season four, there'd be no reason to do that. And that doesn't help a season four. Okay. I, I want everyone to say hi to my my seventeen year old cat, Flea. He's a good. Hey, boy. Flea, what's up? Some yeah. Flea. He's my body. Now, is that He's a rescue? A Did you get that from Holly Meowy? No, I got him from the Tiger Lily cat rescue. Um, but yeah, he is a rescue. Uh, all my cats are rescues. But, How many cats uh, do you have, Cat Lady? Uh, three. Hmm. Yeah. They're they're pretty cool. I mean, they're the family cats, but uh, yeah, yeah they they're all doing good. You know, he's he's seventeen. Uh, my cat Miles is like fourteen or fifteen, and then uh, there's Captain Morgan, my one-eyed cat. He's uh, he's uh, seven. I want to say. Everybody loves a pirate, Casey. Yeah, dude, he's named after like everyone's like, you know, P Captain Morgan doesn't have one eye. Well, you know what? Pirata Morgan does, motherfucker. <laughs> You're still pushing that, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, he was already named when we got him, but I'm just going to lie and say he's named after Pirata Morgan until I die. So there we mm. go. All right. So let me talk about the 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 current rumor. That's all. That's all the last week's rumor. So the newest rumor. That wrestling yes. observer. Want, yeah, the newest rumor is that yes, Son of Havoc is horrible. No, that's not a rumor. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry, it's a fact. Oh God, I'm sorry. Wrestling Observer and uh, you know then Fightful Online and a few other places are reporting that Lucha Underground is being shopped around. 
<laughs> okay. I'm going to explain this, and I'm going to try to explain this very succinctly. First of all, um, at best, the nicest thing I can say about that is that is the wrong terminology. Mm -hmm. You cannot shop something that is legally under contract somewhere. And right now, Lucha Underground is legally the United States television property of El Rey Network, period. That means until that contract is up, they're not shopping anything. They're not allowed to. They can't do it. It's just the way these contracts work, unless there's something I don't know about, but I don't believe that there is. They are not shopping anything. And it is a very serious legal infraction if they did. Correct. Now, there's there's certain ways, and I'll get into that, but the way I understand it, um, of what's going on here is Lucha Underground, the show that is made by MGM basically as, as one of its uh, producers for El Rey Network is uh, they have until sometime in November to sign the option for future seasons. At that point in time, if nothing is signed, then the television rights to the show will revert to MGM and it'll be up to them to figure it out from there. And we'll talk about that in a second. Until that happens, MGM and Lucha Libre FMV or anyone else who has a stake in it cannot shop the product somewhere else. That doesn't mean they can't say the obvious thing to people. Like, it doesn't mean they can't call up NBC and say, hey, just so you guys are aware, El Rey still hasn't signed our deal for future seasons yet. Talk to you in November. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean they can't <clears throat> make some phone calls or say some stuff. But the term shopping is absolutely wrong until the point where el ray officially passes on the show or picks it up or something else like they, they can't do anything now again that doesn't mean other people out there can't be informed that you know uh, el ray still hasn't done that you know they really can't discuss legally how the negotiations or proceedings are going but they you know they can say the obvious which is that nothing has been signed yet wink wink hint hint nudge nudge and that would hopefully get a proposal for real shopping of the product that would come uh, maybe as early as, I don't know, 10 minutes after that deadline is passed. But until <laughs> that happens, the term shopping shouldn't be used by anyone that could get people um, that, that work in the business in trouble. And hopefully no one on uh, the El Rey or MGM or Lucha Libre FMV side or any of the other companies involved, hopefully none of them is saying that it's being shopped because um, that's just dumb. And that's just not how you do business in the TV world. And I would imagine if anyone is doing that that's involved, they would be from the wrestling side and not the TV side. Because we all know no one from Lucha Libre FMV is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about... Um, never mind. Listen, brother. I think we should move on, brother. No, but I'm, I, I want to finish this for a sec, though. Because the, the other thing that, that we've talked about is... No, it's Lucha Underground is not being shopped yet, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But also, they might not need to. Mm -hmm. Do people not understand who the fuck MGM is? They, they own, own a, a network. They own Epics. Yeah. They might not need to go anywhere. Plus, Lucha already has a deal in place for seasons one and two with Netflix. Um, you know, there's already venues there. And if you look at Netflix, like they don't do live sports. They could really use something. Um, that feels like a live sports kind of thing without having to deal with the live aspect of it. They don't want to do live broadcasting per se. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think my biggest issue with the Netflix thing, and you guys can tell me how you feel about it, is I don't think that you could dump Lucha Underground onto Netflix um, for new episodes in a binge fashion that really works. I feel like the live product of wrestling, even if it's taped, you, you still need that that social media presence. You need that people talking about what's current. Like you can't dump that much storyline at once. Maybe I could see them doing four episodes at a time, but I couldn't see anything more than that. Like a six or 12 would be too much. A whole season would be absurd. Plus then you'd be waiting well into 2019 or 2020 before you even had new episodes of Lucha Underground out there. And what would be the effect of that? Well, um, I have a suggestion for you, Justin. Um, yeah. The Chelsea Handler show releases things weekly. Like it's not a binge thing. They could do that. Um, but I want to talk about epics a little bit because a lot of people are like, you know, probably right now, what the fuck is epics? I don't get epics. Uh, yeah, you probably don't. But epics like Netflix, you can get it online with a subscription service. So if Lucha it's Underground ended up there, either, is it? How much is it? It's, it's oh, not even shit. 10 bucks yet. I haven't even looked at it, but, you know, it's pretty comparable to the other stuff out there. You, and you could cancel a WWE network and then get epics. I mean, I spend, I spend five dollars a month on Wrestle Circus. Yeah. You know, it's like you're spending another five or ten dollars just even if Lucha Underground is the only thing I'm watching on Epics would not hurt me at all. And Epics actually has some good uh, comedy specials. They're getting into a lot of new uh, new shows like I see billboards for some of them around now. So they're really pushing the network or trying to. They get some pretty good movie deals. They they do cult movies a lot, and they actually make some pretty good choices. So it's a lot of the a lot of the good stuff they do is similar to the good stuff El Rey does, actually. Except that uh, El Rey you can't just subscribe to. Like Fubal Fubo TV looks like shit, um, and people subscribe to that just to see Lucha Underground. So Epics they could stream it in HD and it would look good. I think uh, uh, Paramount Network might be a good place too. I mean, I know Spike has been in and out of the wrestling and, and mm -hmm. ultimate fighting game in various fashions forever, but I think uh, Paramount Network could be a spot even though there's issues there, but I don't know. Hulu could be good. Uh, even Amazon, some of those other over-the-top services. I feel like Lucha Underground might be a really good wrestling show to be the first regular, you know, over-the-top service kind of weekly show like where well, that's they, the main place you find it they better hurry the fuck up because crash has a pilot that they're shopping around for that very idea and they're actually mm. really shopping things around and really able to shop things mm. around yeah but who who really gives a shit about them and, and the, what they're shopping around i mean no it's, it's, I, 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 wouldn't, like, I wouldn't discount it at all i would not discount it at all i think the main issue that those purveyors are gonna have with the crash is the infrastructure like they don't have the same kind of built-in tv and infrastructure that like uh, you know uh and i think uh, i misspoke GFW i don't has or i don't think they've done the pilot yet they just want to but i think they're looking uh, for money to do the pilot too so that they can do it right yeah. I, I think that's and i where think yeah but if you look at some of the vignettes they've been shooting for online like the one that they did for bestia say 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 lucha underground look and quality 100% and it wasn't skip. Right. Yeah. So, so they're they, ripping off a look that's already been done. Right. No, but but they did it. It looks good. I think it's done well and it's entertaining to me. Like, it's like, look, I like Muse. 
I thought they were a Radiohead ripoff when I first hear, heard them, but now I kind of yeah. like them better because they're doing the stuff that I like and they're doing more of it and they stay current doing it. Yeah. I mean, if somebody can do that with a wrestling product, I'm not, I'm not precious about my, you know, indie cred like I was when I was a teenager anymore. It's like, I don't care if a band breaks. I don't call, I don't consider someone a sellout for taking a good idea and expanding on it and making it better and keeping it going when somebody else had a good idea and then didn't keep it going, especially. And if that happens with Lucha Underground and if the crash turns into the next best version of Lucha Underground, I'm not going to be mad because I like that kind of product. I like that kind of style. I like those storylines. I like those workers. Um, you know, and I'm not afraid to follow those workers somewhere else. Now, I really love what Lucha Underground has done with the product, and I think that they have all the right people there to keep making it a great product. So I hope that they are the ones that continue, and I hope they shut down a whole lot of this other shit. You know, you've even heard Ricochet recently talking like he hasn't even completely given up on Lucha Underground now. He's he's even saying maybe <laughs> like if the season well, four thing at- comes around now, like I doubt it, but it's still even well, to hear him waver yeah. and come back to the fold a little bit is is surprising and tells you a lot about what the product really could be well ricochet Uh-oh. ricochet he's not dumb i mean he's trying to find the best deal for himself mm-hmm. and you look at you look at like just if you're gonna do a little bit of comparison on where he might land in um in wwe we would compare him to neville right and some people might compare him i'm not gonna say who to like finn or above but I, Neville is <laughs> like in the middle of like the best treatment he's gotten from them on the main stage. And he's still like rumored to be walking out. Maybe he is, maybe is it, maybe there's a conflict, but like, it doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look like a smooth sailing sort of road. Look, for if, Ricochet. if Ricochet can show up in NXT and get the kind of pops that like yeah. Finn Balor and Shinsuke and Bobby Roode even have gotten in that room, you saw how fast Bobby Roode moved up. I mean, he was there for a while, but it was just like, hey, Bobby, come in here, do your thing. If your thing gets over, mm. you're made guy. That's different, though, because Bobby Roode was a main eventer champion on another show. Well, with but another- that's what I'm saying. That's how Ricochet is acting. Ricochet is acting like he's coming in at that level that Bobby Roode came in. Bobby Roode came in with like 16 years of experience, having been a champion in a lot of other places, yeah. putting in a lot of TV time, having his yeah. stick work together, having his in-ring performance down for whether whether or not you like it or not. He had his whole gimmick down, came in, WWE refined it a little bit, gave him some good music, and boom, done. You know, yeah. there, there's a huge difference that we're ignoring, and it's that Ricochet is a good wrestler and Bobby Roode fucking sucks, but um, it doesn't matter in this company, so I don't know why I just brought that up. Well, but exactly, but he's But over. it's the presentation. It's You know who the Bobby Roode character is. He could go out there, and as a champion, he can go out there and do the 15, 20-minute promo that gets everyone into the story and lets your opponent come in and do your interaction to further the angle without doing another match. That's a very important part as being a champion, as being someone who WWE invests in. Well, look at it. It's like what what got Ricochet over in Lucha Underground. It was A, his in-ring work. Mm Mm-hmm. B, he had a great foil in Johnny Mundo, and C, Krista Joseph. And, and D, and his, oh, guys, guys, yeah, uh, come on. It was his awesome promos, his awesome Cactus Jack so, like promo skills. Right, where they didn't even let him talk for the first so, year. But that, that's the, <laughs> and it's not, I mean, we've seen him do promos in New Japan to varying degrees, and I'm not saying he's not getting more comfortable getting better at it, but that's unproven. The whole ricochet in the ring, whatever he's going to be in WWE, is is not known yet. 
Well, and if he could get to if he could get to a Finn Balor level, like Finn's not great at a promo. We all know he's not great at a promo, but he's functional, he's serviceable, and his in ring is is really entertaining, and he's got great gimmicks. He's got good music. Like they're they're gonna have to give him at least that level of treatment, and he's gonna have to put in some time on the stick. And I mean, look, I'd love to see the guy succeed. I really would. I think he's a great in ring performer, and I think that with the right honing and storylines that those performances can be all time great performances, but no one's going to remember them as all time great performances until there's the right audience, the right gimmick and the right guy across the ring from him that makes it all come together. And Mm -hmm. he's going to have to work a promo to get there. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I think, I think Lucha underground has given him the best way so far to show off his ability and right. to get over, but and also he's testing the market of what that's created yeah. for him. And he should, but, but he also shouldn't disrespect that that is the place that it was created yeah. for him. As big as he was in New Japan, there's lots of guys that have been big in New Japan, and it doesn't translate to America. Yeah. And it's, but also, I think it's perfectly reasonable for him to want a next level situation from Lucha Underground. Like the mask thing, I think is something that's that's common knowledge that it. For him to really get as much as he can get out of what Lucha Underground's doing for him, he needs to be able to show his face. Yeah. And he needs to be able to get better at promos. And Lucha Underground has done the best anyone has done at giving him the at highlighting uh, the things he does well and, and making what he doesn't do that well look really good. Honestly, so, you guys know I disagree so, on the mask thing, but I do I do feel you on the rest of it. The mask thing is fucking dope, dude. I don't need to see I love the mask face. thing. I love the mask thing, but I'm thinking in for his personal interest, his best situation because Lucha Underground is not full-time wrestling every week, at least not now. I don't know if it's going to be. So he needs to be able to sell his brand somewhere else. I got you. I got you. It's, well, a lot of so, wrestlers have yeah. had that problem. When, when a company comes up with your gimmick yeah. and you get and that gimmick gets over and then it's time for you to test the market somewhere else and you don't have that gimmick, I, I don't feel like he's in too much jeopardy there. I think that he did a very good job of positioning himself as Ricochet outside of Lucha mm-hmm. and Puma mm-hmm. inside to the point where it was really no secret to any real wrestling fan uh, yeah. out there at all. Um, and he did it without really busting up kayfabe to do it. And I thought I thought that he did a better job of that than most people have. And I think that's because the Ricochet thing was definitely already somewhat over on the indies before Lucha Underground, which really mm-hmm. helped him. Um, oh, we'll oh hey, hey, Paul's in the chat. Happy birthday, Paul. Happy we birthday, like, Paul. We Happy did birthday, like Paul. 10 minutes on how you are our second favorite cross and stuff, but you missed it and you spell it different. But, you know. Um, all right. So, so, I let me, just, I, I, so I just think with to sum it up, what, where I'm coming from is I think that uh, it makes sense for Ricochet to see the current landscape of things and and see the appeal. If loot, if like with like how the stock on some people seems to be plateauing or dropping in WWE, and how we're getting closer and closer to finding out if Lucha actually will exist for a season four. Yeah. Then like now he has a real Lucha thing to actually consider. Well, and, and maybe not even so much consider, but to say publicly that he's going to consider to try to get his position better wherever he does end up going, yep. which is just smart business. And I'm glad, I, but that's what I like. I want to see him do smart business here mm-hmm. to put himself in a good position to get the the kind of help and money and contracts yep. that he's going to, you know, I want to see the guy succeed wherever he goes next. I just, 
uh, you know, m- my shitting on him had a lot to do with him shitting on Lucha, which I just thought was stupid to a certain extent. It's like, no, play it up. Play up that you're this star from Lucha Underground. Don't play up that yeah. they're holding you back. Play up the fact that they propelled you to new heights and that anybody who's coming for you next, whether it's them or somebody else, should be paying you a shit ton of money. I think he was That's trying to do it. It was a I bad think- play. I think he was trying to do, sorry to interrupt, uh, controversy creating cash, which is a quote I like to use a lot in DMs. That can work too, but at the same time, he's forgetting the part where you have to hype yourself up during yeah. that controversy, where you want to come out looking a certain way. You don't want to just off come whiny. off. It came off whiny, and that's yeah. just not the look. Okay, so let me let me finish gotta, the business side of the thing. And then I got to take talk two to minutes. You. I'm not going to interrupt you for two minutes. Go ahead. Which is amazing. This is going to be the best two minutes of the whole show. Anyway, so here's the thing that I want to talk about. And it's a shame Byron's leaving because he knows a little something about this too. Television budgets, how this all works, why this thing is happening right now with season four. Because people keep not understanding it. So I'm going to explain it and I'm going to make it as clear as possible. Typical cable television budgets basically run where... You spend, I don't know, 125000 to 250000 an episode, somewhere in there, maybe 300000 an episode, maybe all the way up to three fifty. And what you get in return for that is a product that is supposed to get a number, that is supposed to do a certain amount of, of ratings number. Now, in this day and age with over-the-top services and whatnot, it's getting very back and forth and weird. But you're looking, you know, your average cable shows that are in the top 25, um, you know, they're getting somewhere between a 0.8 and and 1.5 to 2.0 overnight ratings. And like 2.0 is super duper good. Like anything in the top 25 is above a 1.3 overnight. Um, And Lucha Underground, for the kind of money that they're spending per episode, needs to justify trying to get one of those numbers. That's what El Rey is looking at right now. That has to be what they're looking at right now because that's what makes sense. That's how they get paid. That's how the advertising revenue comes into them. So if Lucha Underground is not hitting that number, then it makes it difficult for our way to say, well, we want to give you that amount of money or whatever that they want to make the show if that's not coming back to them from ad revenue. But they're a small fledgling network. So I guarantee it's not. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Lucha Underground. It has to do with the fact that not enough eyeballs are on the network, period. So this becomes a problem with them with cash flow. This became a problem with From Dust Till Dawn. It seems like it's an issue for them with Lucha Underground. It's nobody's fault. It doesn't mean that they don't like the product. It doesn't mean that they're trying to get rid of the product. It just simply means that it's a cost-benefit analysis for the amount of money that they get from their advertising. advertising. And you guys have seen the Lucha Underground numbers. We're not talking twos here. We're talking you know low ones for the overnights. Um, it's not bad. But it might not be worth a certain amount of money. Like my last show on on Discovery, you know, it had to make sense. It was on Motor Mondays. That's a big night for Discovery. It had a certain budget, which I can't say, but I know what it is. Um, and that that was in the top twenty five uh, the first couple of weeks of Monday night programs. And I'm talking like up there with Diesel Brothers and Raw, and like you know, was in the top fifteen of those shows. And they're still on the bubble about it. They still don't know if that's enough money for them at Discovery Channel. That's just how it works. Like they they paid a certain amount of money per episode. I won't say what the number is, but it's between you know one hundred and fifty and three hundred an episode. And 
for that, they need a certain return. And you're talking about shows that are getting those numbers and getting in the top 25 being on the bubble. Of course, Lucha Underground's on the bubble. El Rey has to look at it very, very closely and say, what are we getting for the amount of money we spend per episode? Does it drive enough ad revenue to this network for us to continue giving them this amount of money? Or let's ask the question, can they do it cheaper? And also, I want to say that if Dave Meltzer reported your budget, he would say you were doing half a million an episode. Of course he would. And that's yeah. not that's not the case. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say what the Lucha Underground numbers are, but I will say that this, it's not wrong for El Rey to be asking that question. It's not wrong for them to play out this contract until the very last minute to see if they can get a number that is more manageable for them. It does not mean they want to get rid of the product. Everybody over there cares deeply about the product. It's been a flagship for their network. It is something that they can base other programming around, but they have to see what that's going to lead them to. Like they tried launching these other shows. They tried using promoting during Lucha Underground and using Lucha as a lead in show to see what that would do for these other programs. I don't know the results of that, but maybe that didn't go as good as they wanted to. Maybe they're not seeing how that they, how they can monetize it on that end. And again, People say that this means that Lucha Underground is a failing wrestling company and this and the other. It's not a fucking wrestling company. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that it's a network television show and they have to figure out how to position that show to monetize it just on the network alone. They have ad buyers. They want to get those ad revenues up, which is hard for every network right now with the amount that people are cord cutting. They have to figure out how much they can spend on a show to do that kind of thing. And if they can't afford it, then they just simply have to make shows that they can afford to make, which is why Dust Till Dawn is still not even officially canceled, but completely just sitting on a shelf. It was a really expensive show for them to make that wasn't getting like, you know, Walking Dead kind of numbers for, for the price that they were spending to make it. So they either have to figure out how to streamline it and make it cheaper, which they did in the last season by revolving characters in and out so they weren't in entire episodes by streamlining the storyline by going to a little more monster of the week format you know without these big arcs that require more time on the big sets um you know they did some of those things that are obvious to people who work in tv with dust till dawn that are not necessarily obvious to the people at home and you don't want it to be and mgm's position should also be we want to make a quality show they want to get paid what they get paid to make that quality show so there's no way in hell el ray's going to come at them and say hey can you guys do it for this number and mgm's going to be like yeah sure we can they're going to be like hell no we make a quality product we're making the best show on your network it takes this amount of money to make it and to pay all of our people and to pay the talent and whatnot. Like, do you want to see Lucha Underground with no band, a smaller roster, uh, less producers writing great storylines, you know, a, a, a different venue, uh, you know, switching from that location. Nobody wants to see Lucha Underground with that shit. Everyone wants to see the Lucha Underground they've been seeing. So everybody should hope that MGM and El Rey get close on a number. Doesn't mean that there can't be some cuts. I'm sure that I'm sure that the guys over at MGM can find a way to streamline a little bit. Um, but I, who knows if they can find exactly that number? Now, I will also say this: I know that all the people involved would love to announce a decision before the show goes off the air, which means one week. That is not when the deadline is, though. They're not under any legal obligations and the suits that are involved, the money guys that are involved may not give a crap about the promotional side of this. 
all the creative people involved on both sides, the L Ray side and the MGM side. I'm sure Skip would love to make an announcement. I'm sure Robert Rodriguez would love to make an announcement. Burnett, Evie Dub, DeJoseph, Roach, all of those people, uh, Dorian, all those guys would love to make an announcement before this thing goes off the air. That's what's best for all of them. That may have nothing to do with what the suits and the people who are actually working out the contracts will allow or let happen. That's just the way it goes. Um, but, you know, if you look at networks in the past that have done well, and, and I think maybe more the problem for all of us is El Rey Network itself. Look at networks that have succeeded, like even MTV. MTV is a great example because they took product that was already being made and produced by the record labels, just stuck some VJs up there, which is really simple pedestal, couple camera shoots in a studio in one location, um, have them talk about it and play stuff that's already been paid for. Yeah, essentially they were playing commercials. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing commercials and they were popular commercials and it was fun and it was cheap and they made piles of money. I mean, you got to look at, you know, what succeeds like and it's not surprising that MGM and El Rey are a little bit at odds. Look at what Burnett does. Burnett makes some makes stuff bigger every year. Like the, you know, Celebrity Apprentice wasn't always Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It started off as The Apprentice with Donald Trump as the only famous person involved who wasn't even that famous at the time and a bunch of no-name business people. Then it became Celebrity Apprentice. And then it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Burnett goes bigger. Burnett doesn't go smaller. Asking a Burnett production to go smaller is insane. It's not what he does. It's not what he's going to do. It's not what the MGM's arm of his company, you know, now that they own Burnett or whatever, it's not going to happen. They might skinny up a little bit for a season or two, but they always want to go bigger. That's how they think. That's why they make good product because they think big. They did helicopter shots for this first season at Lucha Underground, you know? They're not trying to go backwards to a drone shot that gets, does the same thing now, unless they have to. Um, but you, what you want and what a network wants is they want the Tyler Perry model. They want a movie that is made for $6 million to make $80 million, where it doesn't have to be a $110 million movie that makes $140 million. If you think about it, the, the profits that a guy like Tyler Perry makes compared to even some of these big budget action movies are amazing. Medea is the limo guy confirmed. Yeah, I, I actually hope that that's the case. So it's just it, people have to understand the TV business. It's coming one way or another. You're going to get an answer. So here's what's going to happen. Let me break it down for you. By the first week of November, you're going to have some kind of answer, I believe, is the, the date somewhere in there. I don't I, I'm not going to report what the specific date is, but there's going to be a few more weeks at most before there is some kind of answer. That answer could be one of several things. It could be there's a green light. Season four is a go. They've worked out some kind of budget. Everything's cool. The program could change from that. Like maybe maybe they come to a lower budget conclusion. Maybe they don't. Who knows? Maybe someone does come in and finance the gap between what El Rey is offering and what MGM wants to offer. But what are they going to get out of it? And I don't I don't understand that. People talk about this investor thing. What are they investing in? Getting ad revenue from El Rey that they already don't have enough of? Getting distribution from MGM who's already 
you know, getting a piece of that who's already in tons of other countries, like maybe they open up new countries. Somebody comes in and invests to, to go to new markets and get some of the syndication off the show. That's about the only other place where I can see that they could monetize it on the TV production side. So maybe somebody comes in and fills that gap and does some gap financing there. I don't know. Um, but I think you see that El Rey will go with, uh, that they might come up with an agreement. Okay. So if they come up with an agreement, super awesome. Great. Except it could be a weaker product. We don't know yet. We'd have to see. And I don't know that we'll ever know until they start making that product. I don't think anyone's ever going to say, yeah, we decided to make the show for a hundred thousand less an episode. Like no one's ever going to get that information uh, outright. Um, and if, and if I do get it, I guarantee that I'll find that out and be told very specifically not to ever let anyone know that information. And, and I won't. Um, I will. I'll tell yeah. everyone. Well, that's why I won't tell you either. Son of a bitch. Um, God damn it. <laughs> Merely mouth bastard. Um, so that's either going to happen or we might hear a green light in the next couple of weeks. I know a lot of, a lot, a lot of people involved are pushing for one to be done today. <laughs> Don't think it's going to happen today, but um, maybe before next Wednesday, you never know. That would be the ultimate scenario that we hear some great news. Um, you know, that everybody caved and everyone's come to an agreement and this thing is season four greenlit through season four, five, and six. Because that's the other thing. They're probably not going to renew for just one season. This would probably be a deal for another two or three would be my guess, or at least options for up to another two or three. So hopefully that's what happens. Um, Or it takes until whatever the actual deadline is, which is going to be before the end of this year and most likely in November. And at the point that the deadline is reached, either they will say... Yes, there is something going on. Um, We are extending talks or we have a deal in place. Or if you don't hear anything, it probably means that the rights have lapsed and gone back to MGM. If you hear nothing in November, that means that what happened is MGM is going to tuck it back in their pocket. They are going to start shopping it. And then we'll hear after they have some news. If you hear absolutely nothing by November, that means MGM has the rights back and they're going to wait until they have something to actually say before they say it. Let's hope that that's not the case because that's going to leave everyone on the edge of their seats for a lot longer. But mm-hmm. look, MGM likes wrestling. Um, I believe that even if El Rey Network does not continue with the show, that the show will probably get at least a few more episodes somewhere, that they will try to do something with the product. Maybe they do a short six season run just the flagship try it somewhere else maybe they try an online distribution model or maybe they try to put it on epics or someplace else i believe that it will still get another shot though i think that that would also look very very different because i don't know that they're going to want to put a whole lot of startup money into it unless there's a network behind it you know, um, I'm fine with them shit canning the band. I know that was like one of the things that you mentioned for budget cuts. I, I would be fine with that. They vote except except for when they had voodoo glow skulls. That was pretty fucking amazing. Well, but I already it is, it that, is maybe you know? an element where they could skinny up a little bit and maybe they could go with a slightly smaller roster. Um, you know, if they're staying at an hour long show. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to probably go with a slightly smaller roster to a certain extent because they're losing some of these guys. And the other thing that makes it a little bit cheaper is probably less international talent. Mm. You know, mm. less visas, less air, less flights, less hotels. <laughs> yeah. So I hope all of you enjoy Big Brother, the wrestling show. 
Um, we're gonna have a bunch. Johnny Fairplay is gonna get a snake mask and shit, and then like uh, that one, that dude Eddie with the one leg is gonna be El Bunny. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people complain about how there's not as many luchadors in season three as there were in season one. And but, we know that's Dorian's fault. But, but yeah, the, the fault of that is Triple A, because where else are they going to get luchadors from because of their uh, their deal with Triple A? Yeah, not CMLL. It's, they're going to be, you know, and Conan's certainly not going to give up anybody at this point, you know, except the guys yeah. that are already under contract to come back. And they get they get awesome guys like Daga and and Flamita. And There's still a lot of good guys in AAA yeah. though. But then like they get someone and they showcase them and then something messes up. Well, but here's the thing: I think they're gonna have to be very specific with who and how they showcase those people in the future too. It's like they're gonna have to pick one or two stars up. Like you bring up a Daga or something, but then you make a star out of them, or you just have guys do a cameo. Uh, you know, they come in for for however long Blue Demon was around. Like they do one program and they get out, which yeah. you know they could film all in one weekend, so they don't have to worry about visa issues the next time. Like do a three match program with a guy. Like bring up Psycho Clown for a day. Who cares? Well, you, you know? can bring them in for a week, get three matches out of them, have one be a barn burner, and then shoot promos for them and have them for half a season. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, AKA, that's kind of what they did with Ray. It's what they should have done for the Lotus Triad, um, for WWE's Black Lotus Triad. Um, I think they did really good getting what they could out of Lotus Triad because. Well, I mean, those girls were wrestling in Vegas the, the day before they got yeah. here, too. I mean, they squeezed yeah. them into an already packed schedule that they had going on. Which I thought was amazing. I'm glad we got him at all, but yeah, uh, Casey's not because it involved his boy. All uh, right, let's talk was... about the episode. Is anybody have you been looking at the chat room? Anybody in the chat room got anything that they want me to address about this? Anyone got um, any? Yeah. Specific questions? Um, why did they remove Casey's "fuck you havoc" chant? Because they're assholes. Uh, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about it because. Um, Oh God! I have so much to say about the last Luchadora standing match. I really do. All right. Well, there's let's let's get to it. I mean, it's the first thing. Let's talk about Lucha Underground Ultima Lucha Trace Part Trace. Okay. So the most interesting thing about this match, which was pretty much effectively dog shit on TV, uh, was it was kind of fun in person because it was even worse dog shit in person. Um, Basically, what happened? Okay, first of all, uh, you know when Sexy Star hit Taya in the head with the wrench? You guys all saw that, right? What no. you didn't see was that. Is, did you watch the episode? I thought that was cut out. It's not cut out of the episode. Uh, the wrench, which you don't see, uh, flies into the audience and hits a fan in the head that's in the front row. And since he's some noob ass in the VIP section, he didn't fucking sell it. He just stood there as a wrench, foam wrench, bounced off his fucking head. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you motherfuckers know this person, I want you to pass this message along. If you're, if you're in the audience of a wrestling show and a prop hits you, act like you're fucking dead. And then when the ref checks on you, squeeze his fucking hand, all right? <laughs> just do that, okay? Well, Can yeah, if you don't, Mil Moretes will actually break you in half when his match comes up. Oh, exactly. I mean, come on. He'll, he'll make you sell it. <laughs> also, I I want to point out, Taya did a great job in this match because it must she be did. very, very hard to work a last person standing match with someone that does not know how to count. And um, this is a proven fact, okay? 
Because I know some people are going to defend sexy and say, oh, it's because the ref was counting in English. Bullshit. Because I was there for the fucking Paro tribute when she was doing the 10 bell salute and she did fucking 11 bells. I'm happy with 11 bells for Paro. So, you know so what? I am too, but it just reinforces the not being able to count thing. I thought want to talk was, about the finish already. So Casey, explain how the finish went down live because it well, is a Sonny, little bit different on TV. It's not uh, even just the finish, by the way. It is telling that they used a single shot of her without anyone else in the match for her standing up. Um, they used a cutaway of her standing up. But throughout the match, throughout the match, she did not stand up for 10 counts. Yes. She and, is a trained, yes. undefeated boxer. The only other sport where you need to know to stand for a 10 count. <laughs> That's a good point. That's like actually probably the wittiest and uh, most interesting thing you've ever said, Byron. I've had like over a year to stew about it. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, Jimmy says uh, the audience members who don't sell should never be allowed back, and I concur wholeheartedly. I thought Taya looked really vicious and mean and came across really well and tough. She well, did and a lot honestly, of I thought Sexy did a little bit too. I like the the chop fests, um, as uh, yeah. Mil Machetti pointing out too. That I, I thought the chop fests were part of the best part of it. I mean, those girls were lighting each other up, and the you know Sexy's outfit that's like open up here is not mm -hmm. just to to show off this stuff. It's to I mean, Taya was getting a hold of her. Those, some of those were not sweetened audio wise. There was some there was yeah. some serious chopping going on, and I like the fact that okay, they get in the ring. Um, Taya starts running the ropes. I don't know if that was planned or not because she should know better. But then Sexy is immediately grabbing the ropes every time instead of actually running them. And I was like, thank God. Somebody agented this match the right way. Like somebody said, Sexy, no. When you get thrown into the ropes, you grab the rope, hun. You don't try to run off of them. You're, you're not that person. You know, <laughs> this wasn't like the, the match right after that where they're doing a crisscross and even Madison was kind of a half step off because he's so damn big. Oh, what but, a surprise. What a surprise. Oh, come on. He's not that bad. He was actually good in that match, which I'll get to in a second. But I love at the beginning of this, too, that um, and this is keep in mind way before the sexy star at, at Triple Mania stuff was going on. The pop for Taya coming out was yeah. bigger. It was absolutely bigger yeah. than the pop for Sexy Star. And Sexy Star. Everyone Star's was cheering for Taya through the whole match live. Yeah, which is kind of satisfying that it gets the, to there for at least a little bit of the feel of the match for the end of the season. And I know they probably sweetened it the other way. Um, but even on TV, it's yeah. still, you could still tell how much that crowd was behind Taya. It's one of the things I like about Lucha Underground is they're not afraid to let. Uh, villains and heels and Rudas and Rudos get over. Um, and Taya was definitely the more over of the two in this contest. Um, I thought the brass knucks thing at the beginning was super weird. Mm -hmm. Why, why bring them out and then not play them there? It seemed strange to me. Yeah, there was a lot of this. I mean, we're going to talk about it later. It's like a timing of interaction where they both have them. Sexy kicks them away. It's like, and then where did sexies even go? I don't like hers. Just aren't there all of a sudden. They probably both bounce, had brass knuckles. They probably bounced off another fan's head that didn't sell it. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I they probably looked great. By the way, before we get too far, I just want to say uh, that yeah, she looked amazing. 
Justin, Justin, you need to picture all female wrestlers as the Wayne the Rock, the Rock Johnson, and you'll stop uh, being so creepy on the show. I'm just saying. It's the Rock Test. I'll send you an article. Interesting. Byron that, read the article, right? That really, Byron, that really already kind of ruined it for me. Wow. I'm going to say that that works. He's a handsome man, Justin. No, that ruined it for me. She came out with a bat. I wish she smashed sexy in the head with it a whole bunch in the match. That's yeah, yeah. The, these guys do not um, do not uh, believe that if a gun is shown in the first act, that it should be followed, fired sometime during the uh, climax. You know, but whatever. No, they don't. Well, so here's here's my question for you, Casey. Was that um, when Taya went Ric Flair red? Was that uh, hard way or was that a blade job? Because she did it. It was like high hairline. I think she 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 blades a lot. I think she bladed, but I bet she bladed. Yeah, she's done it before, has she not? She yeah, and, and and a lot of women when they do it, they do try to go high hairline because they don't want all the the scar tissue on the forehead like a lot yeah. of the men do because it was up there pretty high. Um, but I didn't. Well, where we were sitting live. You know, when she did it, it was over the side edge there by the hard camera, by the announce yeah. table. So I couldn't I couldn't see it live either. I didn't know, which is great. It's great. Actually, someone bled on Lucha Underground. This might be the first time someone's bled on Lucha Underground where I didn't know for sure if it was hardware or blade. Yeah. Uh, how about the bottle? Like the cage in the middle of the ring with the manager slapping the mat. And uh, I mean, like <laughs> some of them have been so so bad and and lucha and i love the product but some of the blade jobs have been so obviously bad where like the other people involved in the match didn't distract the audience they're like in the center of the ring dead under the spotlight reaching in the trunks like going back and forth like that i mean some of them i remember remember watching one one guy he was blading after he just got destroyed by a move and then his opponent comes over and starts giving him cross faces from like, yeah, while, the he, while he's blading, uh, kind maybe. of a dick move. Maybe like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> well, if you want some good juice, I guess probably a good way to yeah, squeeze maybe, the orange. Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't kill the replacement Casey's is what I'm saying. Don't kill the <laughs> replacement Casey's for this podcast. Oh, did I just totally reveal who that was? I'm sorry. Yeah, not at all. Hmm. Um, but I like the Ric Flair red on her. It looked good with the blonde yeah. hair and everything. That's the way to do it, folks. Like she left you, the hair a little frizzy in the front. That's too. what I'm talking about. You have fucked up fetishes, Justin Jesus. But I like it. One, one. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I liked it. It was. It worked for me. That's how you do it. Taya showed up to have a blood feud finish. Like she showed up and had the passion. And the warrior mentality, it just went after it. It was screaming and yelling, and it was as violent as she could be, right? She's done this before. She knows what she's doing. But but they threw a, a bottle-smashing spot in here, which they did. Ultima Lucha is like one show, and the other women's wrestling match had bottle-smashing gimmicks. And better bottle-smashing like, gimmicks, to be quite honest. Like, yeah, so like why... What was it? So she could blade because that's what they did last time on the oh, match. Like, wow, hey guys, you know what's Why pretty crazy? Doing... What's you that? Guys, what? You guys, speaking of Lucha Underground, uh, I'm playing WWE 2K18 while we're recording the show, and there is an entrance in the create an entrance called Strickland that is clearly kill shot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He does a little point and fucking everything. 
But you know what? He also does the Prince Puma little hand raise at the end, too. But... No, but he, he rips off Puma. Oh, and now, and he's doing the fucking thing in the corner where he talks to the dog tags. Jesus Christ. That's, that's funny. I wonder if there's like a Pentagon one hidden in here. <laughs> Casey's are so 2K18 is actually working and functioning for you? Uh, relatively. This is a 2K game that hasn't had the day one patch come out because if you get the deluxe edition, you get it early. So it's not supposed to be out for everyone until Tuesday. And I'm hoping there's a patch because this game's fucked up already. Uh, yeah, uh, but Vader has his helmet. So 10 out of 10, everyone buy it. I remember mm. this time last mm. year after Lucha Underground was done taping, we were talking about 2K17. Yeah. there's There's been two whole WWE games to come out since the last time that Lucha Underground taped. A lot it, of stuff has yeah. changed since the last time Lucha Underground was taped. I know. Like, you can almost say Sam in the right way now. I use Salmon given to me. Salmon. You know, the first time Byron said Sal, Sal, I can't even say it as wrong as you do. The first time you said it Salmon. that wrong way to me, I really questioned like whether I should still be friends with you or not, or if I should say something or like, it was a really awkward moment for me. You made it very awkward for me. It's a device of it. It's a divisive issue. A lot of people draw the line there. It's really, uh, it's been really how tough do, to remain. How do you say, how do you just randomly pick letters in a word? Not Sam Salmon. That's how it's spelled. Hey, Hey Byron, say psychology. I'm not doing your homework for you. Ha. Huh. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the, the ending of that match too. Um, first of all, I, I, I did like that. They were working stiff. They were probably working stiff. Cause I don't know that they were very good friends in real life, even at that point. Um, and sexy tends to foolishly send in a couple hard shots every now and then and not expect a receipt for them. But I think Ty gave it right back. I don't know if all those chops, uh, were planned to go down the way that they did. And some of those, uh, bangs into the fence were a little stiff, but, uh, not as stiff as down in Mexico. I think they no, were still. I think they were respectful. friendly. I think they were friendly in working money programs together back then. Okay. So well, I remember it. You would kind of think that they were mad at each other, but so I think they were. They were good. The last spot we talked about some of the stuff you guys haven't seen in this match that was kind of, eh. and this match was quite a bit longer live as were all the matches on this particular episode. Let's let's also um, while Justin takes a break for bandwidth issues, let's bring up the fact that Sexy Star, due to the technical rules of a last Luchadora standing match, never actually stood up. If you're leaning on something, you're not standing up. Oh, and also Byron, I want to say that the Disco Inferno MMM show listener, the Disco Inferno has an entrance in this game as well, and I just gave he it always to Vader. Does. Uh, yeah, but this is a new this is new motions and it looks great to give to Vader. What what new motion is it? Is it where he where you tip him extra at uh, uh, was it rendezvous or wherever he works? So then he gets you a good room without a without one of the secret cameras or something because he works in a strip club. This is this is speculation. He's the Disco Inferno. He dances. Dis oh, hold on. The Disco Inferno does not work in a strip club. The Disco Inferno works in a four cornered circle ring. I wish I had something better for this, but it's an hour three. Yeah, I, I know. And we lost Justin and shit. And so, but here's the thing. So the, the last person standing match, you're very clearly supposed to be standing on your own 
two feet. It's a dramatic scene at the end of boxing matches, like at the end of Rocky, or even some real boxing matches, or last person standing matches in wrestling, where you climb up and you let go of the ropes and you stand on your own two feet under your own power at the end of a match and you hold your arms up and you're victorious. Sexy Star barely, barely climbed and lied down on a table to win. You know in the edit, they pulled everything they could to make her look like she actually technically won. I wish that they just showed Taya standing up and walking away and said that she won. But I just don't understand how you have a last person standing match and you still don't actually have a person stand up at the end of it. Oh, so there's uh there's an entrance on here called Fearless that looks a lot like Pentagon to me, but he does a little bit of a Sabu point at the beginning, but uh this might be Pentagon's entrance. Yeah, it's definitely Pentagon. Okay. So yeah, um the entrance in WWE 2K18 called Fearless is Pentagon's entrance cuz he's even slapping his head and shit. Oh, he does the head slaps? Yeah. Okay, that's him. He hasn't done a Cerro Miedo to anyone yet, but he's just getting to the ring. Let's see. You think he can? They might be able to. I mean, they pretty much put Shinsuke in the game two years before he signed. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing that kind of shit for years. But this, okay, you know, it seems like, okay, they basically, okay, yeah, he just did a fucking Cerro Miedo. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, there's a Pentagon entrance complete with Cerro Miedo in the game. Uh, they kind of shoot it from the side, so you can't tell what he's doing, so it looks like this. But, yeah. Do they have a mask with neck flaps? No, they don't. Like, it, it doesn't, like, the tools don't really look all that great to catch them. So what they do to do the Cerro Miedo is they have them do a Sabu point, and then they have them point down, and that's how they get around it. But what about his mask? Do they have something we can actually make someone who looks like him? No, but, I mean, you could just use the, the, the graphics import shit like last year. Since we're, since we're reviewing the latest episode, who here has been downloading and using the MMM show Fire Pro World Creative Wrestler Characters. Yeah, you have to friend us to see it. So that's me, which is Lucha Gringo, all one word on Steam. And then Byron is Byron Fever with a space in between them. Yeah. Uh, just just like our fucking Twitter. And uh, you will you will find us. I've heard and I'm pretty good at that it. game, even though I haven't yeah. played it yet. Yeah, you're a little overpowered, Justin. I mean, you still did the J-O-B to the C-A-S-E, but you know. <laughs> who doesn't of course of course look i'm not a, i'm not above putting over a quality worker <laughs> it's uh you you have a you have an mma themed wrestler uh that i made and he, he was wearing mma themed attire and casey yelled at me to put clothes on you yeah i said put on some fucking pants justin <laughs> so now you're wearing jeans and like combat boots or whatever that's better um, I always kind of like to fight in key pants anyway, but that's just I, I also want to say that the the entrance girl by is Prince Puma. No, it's not. It's it's Cameron. Hey, wait, so my, my internet died on me for a second there. Did you um did you talk about that weird finish, the the table spot in the, the sexy star tie match? 
No, oh, I, I forgot. I talked about how Sexy Star still has not technically stood up to win that <laughs> match. Well, she did that throughout the match. She wasn't getting up in time for the count, and then they had to edit it because she like got up at eleven even for that last one. And then they just hit. If you even look in the crowd, they they have a cutaway shot in the show of of a couple of people going, like just what doing the what sign. Yeah, we need to stand up on your own, not even like she lied down on the table. Like, I thought the match was a double count out or something, and that's why we were all sitting there kind of like, uh, what what is happening? So, but that final spot, what was the move supposed to be? It was like they got all set up there. They're on the camera position. Taya was kind of trying to choke Sexy Star, but then it looked like there was supposed to be some kind of reversal that didn't happen, and they both just kind of fell off into the table. Here's the move. Uh, they get up there. They uh, sexy sits on the on the hard cam, the second hard cam. Then Taya <coughs> holds her by the shoulders and says, one, two, three, and then falls backwards with sexy on top of her through the two tables. That was the move that they were going for and that they did. Well, yeah, but uh, uh. it was lame. Taya did great. Sexy has shown that she is below the minimal level of competence to okay, participate here's, in matches. Here's, here's the most important question for the day. Who represents better in an MMM show shirt, Jimmy or Kevin Flynn? It's a to- uh, It's hard. It's a toss-up. I mean, Jimmy's done what? PWG? He's done PWG. Comic-Con. Didn't he yep. do a WWE event too? I wore mine at WWE. Look, Kevin, look, I, I, I know none of them. The no. answer is that banned piece of shit Meefloaf because he wears it internationally and he and gave he him one. one. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But for me, Kevin is pretty far up there because he repped it to the entire city of Vegas and went on the Ferris wheel, like leaning over the edge with it. And also at the rock and roll hall of fame in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. And by the way, I like ECW. Have, have you been to a show before? I don't like know. The, the I don't know. ECW, hard, not, to, hard to remember not. if I've been to the uh, the mecca of wrestling there in Philadelphia. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I, I, I'll get off of Taya and Sexy Star. Phrasing? Intentional. Um, Reptile Tribe versus the, what do we want to call this? The The Zulu Tribe? Do they have versus, a uh, versus the, the, all the, uh, the all blacks is that what we can call them now that's racist and they're they're called the angle killers because i think they successfully just blew off an angle without even make this feuds over now the, what the Best fuck blow off ever it's like what better way to blow something off could you have than like let's almost kill each other and then afterwards like there's nothing no else no 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 I don't, yeah. I don't i don't i don't mean on. kill i don't mean kill shot in uh fox i mean the fucking reptile tribes tag titles that was clearly building to something with aerostar and phoenix and shit and now boom gone well but i think that if you come back for season four you have a three-way picture then between the super friends or what's left of them the reptile tribe and the yeah well also the, you the not a black gang from south central uh justin let's not call three black men who stand near each other a gang i think we're well, beyond it's that. Funny. i'm just hearkening back to to some of the stuff i've heard them say about the first season where when they tried to originally do that it, 
it looked way too much like all, that when they originally put some brothers together. They didn't want it to look like a gang. And now I love this and I'm making fun of it because they actually pulled it off without it looking like that now. They have the three black dudes together and it makes perfect sense. It just it took them three years to figure out a way to get three black dudes together without it looking like some kind of racist angle. <laughs> well, here's what they did at the very beginning, and I'm going to really just really cliff note this and really simplify. They took three brothers and they're like, let's make them, they'll be, they'll work well together and let's make them a thing. And they're like, oh, it might be too gang light and too stereotypical, right? So then they go, that's a little bit too much. Let's lighten it up a little bit, make them Mexican. And now we have the crew. Right. Hey, but I do I do want to point out that in the trios tournament, Mac and Killshot were teaming together. And that's how they both debuted was his tag team partners with Big Rick. And with Big Rick, who, by the way, was leading the crew. So they didn't lighten it up that much. No, not at all. And that's my whole point. But it's like, I'm happy to see that they've basically gotten back to it. Uh, it's these three guys together. And I actually really yeah. like it. I like seeing, uh, you know, three black dudes as champions kind of standing together. Not that it's uncommon considering the New Day has been out there and, and wrecking shop in WWE. And yeah. I, I like to see those guys succeeding as well. I mean, look, well, look at, I'm a look little at biased. Characters. I'm the racist. I'm biased. I like the brothers having some gold. No, but you're not racist for for ha for wanting to see someone that you have a little bit of something in common with on the screen. It's like, I know, why, it's why, but it's why, in common with exactly. Those. But it's also why, like, someone like Johnny Mundo gets booed on a Lucha Libre show. Like these things are innately built in. But I think the big thing to look at here is you look at their three characters and before, like with the whole crew idea, those are street thugs and gang members. Turns out one of them's an undercover cop, but that's also very stereotypical. You look at these guys, one of them is, is Mac. He's from South central, but he's a good guy. And that doesn't define who he is. He's not, like this, uh, you know, delinquent sort of guy from South Central. That's just his hometown. No, call it what it is. He's a fat black luchador. Yeah. Which makes no sense. It's like a triple oxymoron. He's a, he's a little bit overweight looking, though athletically we know that he can still go. Yeah. He flies around like a freaking luchador and he does power moves and he plays, you know, plays up like his South Central street yeah. credibility. I mean, he's not stereotypical, but he's... You would ever expect out of one guy and he uses a stunner to finish so i know casey loves him yeah but it's it's also you look at that and he's also like he's not stereotypical one way and he's not whitewashed the other way he's he's just a person yeah which is great and then you have the other two guys who are who are war heroes more or less price check on a jackass so i i think I, 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 That's all I had to say. I think it's really cool that you have this tag team and they're not defined by the stereotype and they're not, you know, they're not defined by that sort of role, which is why what? I think it works. What? I think it works great. I mean, and I like, like it. I hope they have a very good run. It was very yeah. fulfilling to see too. And, and don't get me wrong. I love the reptile tribe. Um, but I think, you know, you see some problems here, some cracks in the works with Cobra moon and them not, following her orders. Uh -huh. I, I think she was giving very good advice to Pindar um, yeah. and he wasn't taking it. Maybe okay, guys, um, uh, WWE 2K18 update entrance masked Lucha is clearly Prince Puma. <laughs> Which one? Um, uh, PWG Puma? Kind of, yeah. Where he dances the whole way in? Well, nah, he does the landing and then the little like, you know. Uh, the... He doesn't the, do the same as he does that the, too. He doesn't do the little reach up, but 
I so yeah, I think also very clearly after the program that Killshot and Fox, uh, after the program they've done, you know, I think that it only makes sense to put them on the same side in matches and and also yeah, Mac for a has had a hell of a run. For and, a long time. Like you first of all, I, I don't want them to be in singles competition because I'll be super aggravated if they're not in the title picture, but I don't think they should be. Like right. You know, and without a a clear, like intercontinental kind of continuing title, with just the gift of the gods being really the only other available singles title, um, I would rather them stay in a, a group together for a while, whether it be tagging or you know, Atomicos matches or whatever kind of stuff where there's just a lot of people involved. I like them in there. I think their spots work great. It lets them do their flippy shit and have it make sense. Um, cause their flippy shit doesn't work against everybody else. Like some matches with yeah. those guys are just not going to make sense, but I want people to keep in mind too, that I don't think they're understanding the ramifications of this match being the very next day. Cause on TV, you've got this week in between, but like AR legit did go get checked out the night before though. He wasn't in some super rush. It wasn't like they rushed him off to the hospital. He was sitting outside for a while. Like they took him out in the fake ambulance and then, a real ambulance actually showed up, not the TV prop ambulance that they had rented or whatever there. And, you know, yeah. he got looked at in, in the wagon and I think they took him in just as, I think he got like one or two stitches, nothing major, but I mean, the dude's back was chunky soup. Like it was, I mean, Campbell's he opened, chunky soup. It was opened up. It was nasty. And then yeah. I saw him the next morning and I just looked at him and I was like, because we didn't know he was coming back. I don't, did they make the, did Dorian make the announcement the first day when we were there? I yeah, don't think he did. He, he did. Yeah. Cause, when uh, he did the Battle Royal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so we knew that Mac was, was teaming up with these guys. Right. Or was it at the beginning of the day and they did? I the, feel like it was at the beginning of the next day when they did that. Because I feel like when I saw AR in the morning, I was like, whoa, whoa, what the, are you doing here and he was yeah. just like oh you'll see and yeah, I yeah, like, yeah and i was like dude you did not need to come back here for us or to hang out or whatever and he's like no no man i'm all good and he was like really in a good mood it was honestly probably the least mellow and most upbeat i had seen him in a while i'm probably for obvious reasons but <laughs> i mean he was in good spirits and like the back he was, we were asking him about the back and he was like, ah, yeah, it's nothing major. You know, you know, I've had some worse ones in CZW and other spots and blah, 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 but it was, it was worth it. It was a good match. What'd you guys think? And it was like, um, I'm still blown away and it's the next day and I barely slept cause I've been in this damn line with urban all night. And yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Cause that was the day that I went out and held the spots for us. Wasn't it? Day yeah, two. I did the, I did the first day. And then I did the second day. So I was there at like three in the morning or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. They, they knew better not to trust me with such things. Yeah. Well, you had gone, you'd been the early guy for us enough times, dude. It was, it was give back time. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was like, but I'm also thinking at the same time, he's telling us he's all good and blah, blah. I'm like, what could he possibly be involved in that would top yesterday? That hell of war match. Like, it just seems stupid to me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, DJ and Evie Dub don't have any clue what they're doing. There's no reason AR Fox should be back here today or Dante Fox, whatever we're calling him these days. Like, th this is just foolishness. Um, but when this angle happened, it was at a good time in the card for the day. It was a really, really feel-good moment. The match was still exciting. It wasn't 100% go like the day before, but 
the spot where they both do their dives over the the corner of the rope was pretty amazing because you got to clear the ring rope and then the post and the post is a little bit higher and both those spots live were just like damn these dudes are still going after Mm -hmm. all that shit we saw yesterday and then you could see AR's back just starting to open up just from moving around. Like he wasn't even taking bumps that were opening it up, just like splitting open scabs by moving. It was like, oh, this dude, what is wrong with this man? And you could tell he loved it. You could tell he loved it. Maybe he's just one of these sick, sadistic fucks that likes that stuff. But they had a blast out there. I, I, they deserve to get some gold after the shit that they did the other day. Yeah. And that's what it felt like, too. It felt like they were getting what they deserved from what they had put in the day before. And it wasn't even about Mac, who clearly deserves it, too, with all his ups and downs this season and his almost title shots. I do still hope they put the belt on Mac at some point, the big belt. I'd love to see him hold it at the same time as the trios and just hold up the entire promotion for at least like two weeks. It's just my own personal preference. I would think that would be awesome because Mac had some matches that that seriously blew doors in this third season. And honestly... Mm -hmm. This was the the this was the shining season for Mac. He's been there for yeah. a while and he's been performing like this for a while, but his connection with the crowd and his stick work and just the his in ring work, I think, stepped up a lot in season three. So they deserve well, it. I love this match. You look at singular moments in the temple and some of Mac's dives off the bleachers or off the like the the side bleachers through the table. He had some moments that were, that got among the loudest pops I've ever heard in the temple. Um, I got to throw it out to Pindar though, Steve Payne too, because he, he didn't just do his normal thing of being the best base in the business this time. He, he had some great offense and I really liked where it was going. It was, it was kind of like MVP to a certain extent, but it was perfect. It was like, like a regular wrestler at the top of their game. Like, you know, he, the, the, what was it? The power slam or the, the running power slam that he did. Actually, no, he, it was a catch power slam. Freaking picture perfect. Like he gets up in the air on the power slam and rotates so hard on kill shot. Like people don't realize, hey, that's a tough spot to do and do right. To get that kind of momentum and just to turn it into that power slam is a, dope spot and it was picture perfect the way he executed the timing was on point like pindar and and kill shot that's something you want to see more of trust me that's a that's a good good matchup and all the times that they were in the ring together were great and then um old ernest the cat spot the pounce came out right (laughs) period Er, the cat no. didn't pounce. No, no, it, no, no, you're right. Monty it was Brown. Monty. That was Monty Brown. Thank you, thank you, Monty. The cat pounced. Um, period. Yeah. of magic, and the red slippers. It, oh God. Oh, so good. The cat. The cat was but awesome. I, look, it was funny too because you know they start doing the crisscross thing, and Madison's running like a, a Vibra, Luchasaurus, whatever you want to call him. Big Boy was running. He was actually running too fast. Like he was doing the opposite of sexy star. He got his hoof on to the point where he had to slow down or they were never going to get to the actual spot. And Mac was just going to go flying through the air with nobody home, Um, which was good. I mean, I like that with, with him showing that he knew how to stop that and get the spot to the right spot, even if it looked a little clunky because he had to slow down, but he didn't break his knee doing it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, that also, I mean, it, it's still like it, it's awkwardly timed, but it still makes sense where Mac was trying to hit him from the side and he had to figure it out. Like that still kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, not, it's not that weird. No, it was fine. I mean, it, it, look, look in real life, it doesn't make sense because who slows down to get hit? The whole point is to keep going. So you don't, but he put on the brakes pretty good and he just got, you know, got smashed by the Mac. And then the finish of course was awesome. Um, you know, you got everybody hitting their spots. You got, what are they calling his low main pain in Lucha Underground? They haven't been calling it that. AR's. Fuck. Um, uh, what a maneuver. Is it a what a maneuver? What striker? I'm sure striker changes every week what he fucking calls it. But. Well, and, and they've never nailed down what kill shots coup de gras double stomp thing is called. No, not. They, he it's called a, it dead, I thought it was the dead to dead rights. Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. my name. I came up with that. They've never said that on TV before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. The the innovator Justin Harvey over here called it the dead direct. Oh, God damn it, Justin. The chat room will tell us. Does anybody in the chat room know what they're calling kill shots finisher? There's no one left. There's no one left in the chat room. They just you, came. We have 14 people watching. It's an all-time high. If no, people are know, asking Byron if the curtains. No, no. If the jacket matches the socks. <laughs> You're trying so hard to make a just one. one, just one, baby, just one sock. Brian Byron's wearing one pink sock. Tweet us at MMM show. Kill stomp. Is it really <laughs> called a kill stomp? Oh God, I oh, think it is. Um, I also want to point oh, out God. to our friend uh, Jim Velasco that saying Casey needs to stop giving me shit about something is just going to make me give you way more shit about something. Shit about what? Uh, how he doesn't wear his shirt to like the Marvel premieres and shit like that. You should get a uh, MMM show themed suit to wear. We should, we'll make him an MMM tie and then everyone will be like, you know, like, he'll an be MMM like, that would be dope. Yeah. Someone will come up to him and say, what the fuck is that? And he said, you should listen to this podcast, Real, Mark shot. Ruffalo. When you're not playing the Hulk, you can listen to this podcast and he'd be like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And then we would be best friends with Mark Ruffalo. Wow. I guess everyone's saying it's the Kill Stomp. That's a horrible name. Let's go back to Dead to Rights. Oh, dead to Rights. Dude, let's go back to Double Stomp to the Billy Willy, if you will. <laughs> but if he does it to the face. You can it ask him. I mean, it's not the coup de gras, because the coup de gras, you land on their chest and you buckle your legs, whereas Kill Shot comes down. I like the I like the way he's doing it now, which I think AR actually helped him work out better. The shoulder press thing. Yeah. yeah, where he's coming down the shoulders and he's kind of coming down with the person. So he he has more time to recoil his legs. Unlike when Finn does it, Finn comes down and is like recoiling his legs as he's approaching. Could you imagine? Shot never did it that way. So honestly, I think <laughs> Finn does it best because I've seen him hit Dino in the nuts with the double foot stomp and no one else has that control. No, like something about the way he recoils his legs is pretty amazing because Finn will just have a guy laid out and he'll come down right in the dead middle of their chest and not hurt them at all. Dude, I'm you just the fucking nutsack, and he didn't kill him. He didn't. Could you imagine steals. Got watching? Steals, but imagine watching really? Finn do his coup de gras to Brock Lesnar. Like he would just, he would break his ankles on Brock's like chest. Or no stuff. one's listening to you anymore. All anyone sees is that adorable catness that you got going on there. Was that Billy hey, Fever? Billy. Billy Fever's here. She has some I, stuff. I to want say. the audience. Oh, to she, know she's looking at the chat right now. You're gonna. Yeah. Bring it, bring it, Billy. What? Bring it. 
Billy has gotten both me and Casey sick before, so fuck Billy. No, Billy used no. to be a, a regular co-star on this show. I forgot all about Billy when you were in Florida. Oh, uh, see, I remembered Billy because that bitch scratched me so many times. I have scars. <laughs> no, she's that's a it. feisty. She knows what she's doing. I taught her to do that. Oh, kitty. Um, all right. So then we get the rundown for next week. What do we got next week? Next week we got man versus monster cage match with dragon azteca jr as i like to affectionately call him dadge it's kind of like vag except with a dadge i like dag i like right to have that old comic he, he's not david he's not david allen greer, greer. We can't call him, yeah. yeah i love david allen greer yeah no he's dadge um and uh the monster mataso cueto so yeah um i can't even say it right matanza, matanza. Have fun being in a cage with a guy that murders people with gel cell doors. No, this might be okay though, because I figure like if he's freshly feasted on Rey Mysterio, who I'm pretty sure is just effectively dead, I think we're just gonna find out one day that Ray died and he's never coming back to Lucha and that Matanza ate him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I think, I think that's right going to be up. the big ending for Rey Mysterio if anyone's wondering. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. I don't think he's coming yeah. back. I, I don't, don't either. And except that I'm gonna spoil the match right now and say that Ray was actually a suppository for Matanza this whole time, and he farts and shoots Ray like a bullet into da Dragon Azteca and they both die. Yeah. I think based on so gross some stuff. Awesome. That we've seen on Twitter, not people saying anything about how they talk about stuff and how the show is run. That yeah, there's there should be a huge, especially two out. It's two hours next week. Yeah, right? and there's three so matches there's a, announced. So there's we should. I mean, and also like he doesn't have a match in the main event episode of Ultima Lucha Tress. There should be. What, like a 20-minute vignette right. with Rey Mysterio while they still have him under contract? No, dude, fuck like all that. Ray's, where's where's like the Ray's, Naga scene with the swords? That's what everyone Ray. wants. Yeah, that uh, shows, hopefully that shows up. And then like Ray and his son. Who knows? I'm not ruling Ray out for season four because season four can be anything and everything. What if Ray himself actually buys the rights to the show? Like it's in this contract and no one ever knew until the 11th hour and they're about to sign the deal. And Ray's like, guess what? In my contract, I can buy it for five bucks. And it becomes the Ray and and Ray's son show. And then, and then Dom show. And then they just beat Chavo, who blocks me on Twitter. They just beat Chavo every week in a handicap match. Now, have you ever it, gotten that worked out with Chavo? Why did he block you, Byron? Because Byron know. sucks, dude. He no. probably said some shit against the Guerreros. You know how he fucking is. Byron has gone full heel, man, by the way. While you were not around, Casey, not only did Byron say almost say good things. About, actually, no, you didn't. Vinny, oh, wow, Vinny actually I, said good things about you, mm -hmm. and I did, but Byron was still a jerk. Byron went full heel last week, in case you didn't know. Well, I just, it's, I it's, no it's, ni it's nice when, you know, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Oh, he went a completely different kind of heel than you, though. I oh, like, like, uh, like Adrian Adonis? Yeah, like... like like Vince Russo kind of heel. Uh, that's I don't know what that means, but I'm offended. So, so did he drop blood from the ceiling and it was like 20 feet away from you? Basically. Yeah. Basically. Um, all right. If anyone so, doesn't get that joke, congratulations. You didn't watch the worst part of WCW ever. Don't look it up. Yeah, no, look it up. It's, it's so entertaining. <laughs> it's so entertainingly but, bad. It's worth it. And they even missed the drop, too. It was, it was everything about it was not working. Um, 
All right. So next week is our two hour finale. We've got man versus monster cage match. We've got the gauntlet of the three gauntlet of the gods three way with cage, Jeremiah crane and mil muertes. Okay. I don't remember, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this match, but this shit was pretty dope. Like, yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sammy or Jeremiah, or whatever was a lot of fun in this match. Yes. A lot, a lot of fun, and we, uh, we we saw we saw CZW Sammy a little bit. Yeah, and and Cajun Mill didn't disappoint either. Though no, I'm going match. to say, I would have probably liked this match better if Cage had been Tejano. If you switch would, Cage I, for Tejano in this match, I think it's even better. I think if you switch Tejano for Cage in every situation in life, it's automatically better. Oh, I don't know about so that, man. I've seen some pretty impressive Brian Cage matches, man. I've seen some uh, ones where I've been not expecting anything. At the end, I've been like, dude, Cage is the shit. I'm just yeah, saying like I'm Cage. just saying social media would be a lot more fun. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There wouldn't be any little cyborgs coming into the world either. Or maybe there would. Uh, there'd be they'd be little cowboys. They'd be little yeah. half, half cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be a Mexican who calls himself Texas. Exactly. Um, uh, that's a great match. You should watch it. Uh, a bit of cage news. He uh, did. He was not caught on a moonsault off the top rope recently, and he tweeted about it because Roosh, Leo Roosh, no. To, didn't no. catch him. Rush. Oh, I I also want to say that um, Meatloaf saw Cage's no. dick on online by accident. Yeah, oh. who hasn't? Oh. Who hasn't? Oh. No, and, Byron, um, we're not going to talk about Cage's penis this week. If anybody wants to hear about Cage's penis, I, I please listen to last week's episode where there's plenty, plenty of talk from Byron about his admiration of my man's Kaiser helmet. Oh God, I'm sorry, Vinny. Fuck. So, so Rush didn't catch Cage. Uh, Cage did a moonsault. Rush took a step back and then stuck his foot out, effectively just basically letting Cage fall dick first on his foot. It was great. Then he caught Ray afterwards. He, he'll catch a guy who weighs 100 pounds, but he's not going to catch a 300-pound dude hey, doing a moonsault no, no, the top rope. No, that no, makes sense. defense, though. The spot fell a little shorter than when it, where it should have. He came he up a, a little back. shy. Took a step back, but also, <laughs> well, if you saw three hundred pounds coming at you yes. in the wrong spot, wouldn't you move? That's what I'm saying. Cage, don't do that move, or have hey, more hey, guys out. If there. I'm, if I'm just, you know, fulfilling my dates left for WWE, you know, just working those already agreed upon dates. I'm not, I'm not gonna catch a three hundred pound guy either. Fuck it. I don't know if if I see Cage going to WWE. No, I'm not saying Cage. I'm saying Leo Rush, dude. No, it's not Leo Rush. I'm making a joke because Daniel Bryan said he wanted to have a hair match versus Rush, among other names. And Leo Rush was like, oh. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, (laughs) He's being funny. (laughs) Um, It went over my head is what I'm saying, Byron. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's because Byron doesn't quite hit the the inferences tight enough. Anyway. No. uh, And then finally. do what I do. A two-hour show with three matches concludes with career versus title. Prince Puma versus Johnny Impact. Johnny Nitro. Uh, Johnny Lucha. Johnny Raw. Why didn't they Was call him ever Johnny, Johnny Raw? No, Johnny, Johnny Lucha. Nitro. Uh, they didn't like Johnny him. Tri- yeah. they gave I like Johnny Triple Mania. Mania. It sounds more like Johnny Rocky Horror Show or something. Johnny, Johnny Triple Mania. 
I, I, I like Boone the how Bounty about, Hunter. Get Booned. Get versus Boone. Johnny Boone. How much you want to bet? He, he should just be Johnny Boone, man. That's a dope ass name. He could wear like a coonskin cap to the ring and shit. It would be amazing. How much you want to, guys, how much you want to bet when they start uh, writing season four? I mean, whatever. When they start having creative meetings again, Vampiro walks in the room and he's like, I got an idea for you, bro, bro, brother. Um, so I had Pentagon. I took Pentagon up the season one. And then I had, you know, Puma Dark. I had that thing. So I'm going to, now my new guy is, hear me out, Johnny Vampiro. <laughs> Johnny Piro? Johnny Vampiro. Let's think about it. The, uh, the whole worldwide underground could be. I mean, like, they live underground. It's yes. perfect. They never have to see the sun. So then they <sighs> all, so then he trains all of them, which pretty much means. Uh, he gets really badass makeup and acting scenes, and then maybe he can bite like, like PJ in the in the. No, no, dude! Blood. It ends up being the other way around. So like they rub off on him, and he starts wearing like bedazzled jeans and shit. But then like they don't mention it on the air. He just sits next to Striker with bedazzled jeans, and everyone's like, "Wait, what the fuck?" But then they never he's even like, reference it. He's yeah. Vampiro Mundo, Ian Mundo. Yeah, and he wears like glasses with upside down crosses on him and shit. When Ricochet just, goes to buy his pants at Hot Topic, do you think that he buys one of his own shirts too? Um, when Ricochet goes to buy pants, he goes to Forever Twenty One in the girls section. Oh, okay. I was I had that wrong. That's, it's bad. a cheap yeah. way to get go to vintage store, thrift store, and get women's jeans. It's a cheap way to get um, skinny jeans because um, you get elastic in them. I bet they come in salmon. But here's the thing. Um, you're not going to have usable pockets in them, which is fine because you're wrestling. So in but, closing, Byron wears women's clothing. No, and I knows all about how men turn out their pockets. But I know. So, I know. Dude, I'm, about not, I'm not hating. I'm just stating, brother. Do, do you. Do you. So what are the predictions here? I think that uh, Puma, Puma loses and goes to WWE and gets kicked out of town. I, I, I. I say that Puma starts crying and his tears like drown the ring. And then everyone at 4DX gets sprayed with water in the face. Okay. And the, the water is his tears. I mean, but clearly Mundo's got to win this thing. They can't have the belt on him all season and then go out of the season without him holding the belt still. I mean, I think he keeps the belt and then sets him up for the other guys <laughs> to come after him next season. Like, you know, Pentagon and Mac and all those and take oh. I want you know to address I, something in the chat. Zero cool six six six. I want to bet you a hundred dollars that Justin does not know what the fuck that is. Gurren Logan? Do you know? Do you know what it is, Justin? Mm. Nope. Because I barely do, and I probably butchered the pronunciation. There we I go. I do not. So what is There's it? Is your crossover? Uh, it's it's like anime shit. I don't know. I don't know. Where's Puma going to keep his cell phone without pockets? Oh, snap. <laughs> that was Paulie. That was good. That was good. Yeah, Puma, Puma likes to come to his ring. I, was he like Instagramming on the way down? Is he like Snapchatting his girl? No, bro. Tessa's got him on a fucking leash is what's is up. Is that what it is? Like, you better be in the ring right now. Like, he's like, look, GPS me. I'm right here. Find my phone. Turn it on. I'm good, baby. I'm in the ring right now. Starting to match. <laughs> Says you're at Boyle Heights. I know that Melissa Santos is in the building. See, she's smart. That's what it is. Keeping keeping track. She wants to know where he is in the building. Like you better not be over there by Cobra Moon. 
<laughs> I love it. Wait, um, did I miss something on Instagram? We're just talking about uh, Puma Puma Shea and his phone. Yeah, that was funny. And, and how all- Queen Tessa tracks him through his phone. <laughs> um. All right, so I guess we can talk about it. Gift of the Gods ladder match. Wow, dude, you know. Um, so I want to have a Pentagon. I want to preface this. I want to say, one, I think it's great that Son of Havoc got a good marquee match against the top star of the show. And also, they did a ladder match. So, respect to them for taking a match that puts them at a much higher risk. Respect right. to them for what they did. So way back in episode, what was it, 55, one of our EV dub episodes, we were talking about Ultima Lucha with EV dub, and I said to him, there's a match that I absolutely did not like, and you'll be surprised. And he was like, oh, what was it, blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned a few things, um, and he thought it was going to be the Taya Sexy Star match, which I actually liked when we were there live. Like I said, the chops were on fire. They had a crazy table spot ending. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind this match. And Taya was yeah. into it, and she bled. Um it was actually this match. This match yeah. live, especially live, was brutal. It, and it was, was so it slow. It sucked on yeah. TV when they edited out all the spots set up, including spots mm-hmm. that never even fucking paid off. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal. Like, you can't even understand how hyped up we were. This is the first time you're seeing Pentagon. It's Ultima Lucha. Everyone is like, crowd is on fire and he has a title shot and nobody cared to a certain extent like at the beginning the crowd was hot i mean you had all these son of havoc chants mostly coming from smashly um oh we got we got we got got a pretty good fuck you havoc chant going that they censored off of the tv show it was right after he hit pentagon in the dick with the ladder which i don't even remember is on the actual map no it's in there where where pentagon's sitting on the floor and he kicks the ladder a couple of three times or whatever hits the chair on the ladder isn't yeah that's that's where the fuck you havoc chant it's yeah and you can actually even hear it in the show that the audio changes and then they just push up the uh striker commentary but you can Um, tell that people are booing and not cheering him. Well, here's the you thing. Here's the thing. You are the biggest baby face in Lucha Underground all day long until you come out against Pentagon. And this has nothing bad to say about Matt or Havoc, whatever. It's the fact that, dude, Pentagon at Ultima Lucha, after what we've all experienced the previous mm-hmm. two years, there's no matching that. Like putting Son of Havoc in there against him was just mean to Havoc, to tell you the truth. Like, great that they gave him a big spot on the show for him and like he's he's earned yeah. it to a certain extent. Dude, dude, that's a good but, point. Maybe, maybe DJ and Roach hate Son of Havoc, and that's why they did this and Son of Madness. But I think they also hate you, which is why they did this, because this is like of every match that Pentagon's ever had in Lucha Underground, probably my least favorite of all of them. It was And this so is including bad. this is including matches where he put sexy star over, and I agree. Yeah. I mean it was just but those weren't the worst. Alive. Those weren't the worst matches, but we didn't like that that he put her over. This was here's I love Son of Havoc, but He's a backyard wrestler. He's a spot monkey. So he does stuff, and it doesn't necessarily always make sense, at least live. You can edit it together and put on a great match, great um, trios tag person. But he's in a ladder match, which is all spots, and there's no A to B to C. 
it's just this 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 well, so the stuff you want to see him doing is not this stuff sadly it's like yeah. and and or or pentagon for that matter like he's not mm-hmm. really a ladder match guy he can do a brutal no. match or a gimmick match but this wasn't really like these are not two guys who are really designed for ladder spots and yeah. It did you know, they were setting up some creative things too with the, you know, one ladder coming through the ropes and going to the other ladder or something to stand on and weird shit outside. There was a bunch of setups that never got used that I don't even know if half of them made air. But also these setups would take forever. Like they'd throw one closed fist on each other and then Havoc would walk around for like five minutes setting up stuff. And then it would never yeah. get used. Yeah, and we're all I, just I definitely... Like, what? Yeah. Is I definitely this? felt like they were shooting this match for TV and did not give a shit about the audience there live is what yeah. it felt like. I and, mean, I they, and Pentagon's not that kind of worker. No, and yeah. I think maybe, you know, Pentagon had his mind elsewhere or something. I don't know. But for this to be his big Ultima Lucha match was really kind of a letdown in a lot of another, ways. Another thing we talked about is even with the ending, how they did the table and all that are set up. It would make more sense if they set those things up at different periods earlier in a match so then they could get to that spot where you do the cool fight on a ladder, which looked cool, sort of, and the choke slam through the table, which looked cool, even though Havoc went short. Yeah, that spot was okay. I mean, yeah. But set them up later or earlier when Pentagon's like, I can win right now, or I can set up a table and a ladder for no reason and then climb and win. I don't know. The whole thing, just the pacing was weirdly off um yeah i wonder if they did stuff out of order or if they just didn't care about i don't know the match started so good too like the the Mm -hmm. but it it was good when it was still a regular match with the stuff that those guys are good at like the kick the kick sequence at the beginning between those guys was awesome um Mm -hmm. the the flip dive from son of havoc was amazing Mm -hmm. probably one of his best ever and then it gets overshadowed by the fact that they're just running around setting up more furniture than the ikea employees for the yeah. rest of the match and then just like ikea nobody wants it and nobody uses it i know? think the, i think uh, i agree with you that the performers were done a disturbance disservice with how the match was produced yeah and i just feel like you know maybe they didn't agent it enough or something or maybe they they thought that they were going to get through some of that stuff smoother it just felt clunky it didn't feel well rehearsed mm-hmm. um the pin a driver through the chairs was a good spot mm-hmm. probably a high point i really liked that um, I'm just trying to think. And, honestly, and it also, it wasn't a TLC match. No. There was chairs and, and tables everywhere, too. And it was like, come on, guys. This is W. You know what would probably have made this match better? One ladder. If this had been an old-school-style ladder match mm-hmm. where these two guys were working basically a regular wrestling match and then had a couple of unique awkward high spots or maybe you know you start with one ladder out there and at some point you pull out a second one from underneath the r- ring or something but starting with all the ladders out there and then going under the ring for tables and chairs really made it a, a, a like a weird tlc match and the problem with tlc matches is you either want two relatively flippy shit you know level guys or intercontinental level guys or you want a bunch of dudes in there mm-hmm. and this match to just be these two guys was a misstep like maybe this should have been the moment where somehow they found a way to boil this story down to four guys going for the gift of the gods belt instead of just one don't get me wrong i love the moment of pentagon holding up the belt at the end i love that he's got a belt on Mm -hmm. you know we want to see a belt on him he's clearly not in the title picture right now because he can't really be i mean the the puma 
Ray, all the, I mean, Ray's not even in the title picture right now and Matanza and mill, like it tells you like where the title picture is at right now. And, you know, you Pentagon will be four. in there for season four, but you know, I love him having at least going out of the season with a piece of gold is yeah. pretty sweet, but this wasn't the match to do it. In my opinion, this wasn't the way to do it. I was, I was pretty disappointed. So Evie dub cats out of the bag. This is the match that surprisingly of everything that you could have expected me to say, I did not like from Ultima Lucha mm -hmm. for this to be the low watermark for me is pretty crazy. I'm not as big a, a Pentagon fan as, as Casey and Byron, but uh, I was still sorely disappointed. And this is, this is uh, the second year in a row of being pretty disappointed with what they've done with Pentagon and Ultima Lucha. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's my, it's my third year in a row of just in general. Oh, you didn't like, I mean, no, the first year the match was so good though. Come on. Yeah. Ultima oh no, Ultima. no, I'm not talking just Ultima Luchas. I'm just talking in general because his booking before he started feuding with Vampiro was fucking garbage. Right. Well, yeah, he was just coming in. He was pretty new then. They didn't know what they had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought his booking through season two was actually pretty good, but then mm -hmm. the finale of it was like, no, really? Right, You're really not gonna put this trap on this guy. I mean, it's like I didn't want them to hot shot it, but the way that Lucha mm. Underground goes, like, give me something, please. And I still think to this day that that was one of their biggest mistakes. Is like the run that Mundo had this season. As much as I love Mundo, and I think he's a great heel, and he deserved this run at some point. Mm -hmm. I think that run could have waited to the second half of the season, and they should have let Pentagon have a run at the beginning of season three. Honestly, I think they would have more fans right now if they had. Honestly, mm -hmm. not only do I think that, I know for a fact that people that I got to watch the show, Byron's the only person that, like, you guys are the only ones that still fucking stay around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, I'll be honest too. Like, some people have given me shit about, you know, oh, you weren't there when Lucha started at the beginning, blah, blah, blah. I've been watching since day one, but no, I wasn't at the temple. And no, we didn't start this show at the beginning of the show either. We started in the middle of the second season. Right. Um, but at the same time, I have been a fan of it since the very, very beginning. Um, I wasn't in the Lucha Click. It was thanks to people like Casey and Byron and Milbuchetes and Dante and especially J-Man uh, and the Last Real Heels. They're the reasons why I'm involved with the Lucha Click at all those people. And then meeting guys like Josh Pillow and El Butcher and everybody mm -hmm. down at the Temple and Mallory and all those dudes. Like, everybody was super cool. And... I still like appreciate that feeling. And I know a lot of our friends don't anymore. They feel like they've been burned by Lucha Underground. They weren't given what was promised. And I think that the Pentagon thing has been part of that. No. The, okay. Jay Ray is gone. Is, Zach yeah. doesn't watch anymore. You know, uh, Kevin and his. Rubens, yeah, but they were good. They, they were gone. gone. They would have been gone anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Pentagon, Not if Pentagon, Pentagon had, had a run. And honestly, I think when the show doesn't get a season four, because you know how I feel about that. I'm much more pessimistic than you guys. I think we can look back at them not pulling the trigger on Pentagon far uh, soon enough as a fucking valid reason to why it didn't happen. Just saying. Well, he, well, he got a belt now. All we, do, all we do is bitch about how out of touch and stupid Vince McMahon is, but Vince McMahon needed to pull the trigger on stone cold when he fucking did well, but you this I, mean? I think this is also a byproduct too of the pace at which they were making lucha underground at the time i mean they did they were coming right back in for season three after season two um and i think that they were thinking about a much longer play i also think that dj as much as he is a tv guy 
you know, the wrestling business in him is still got a bit of that WWE streak where, where he's trying to do a lot of times what he always wanted to do there, but you got 52 weeks a year straight to do that stuff there, you know? And I don't think that some of his longer term stuff, he thought he was going to have to deal with shit. Like, is there going to be a season four or is there going to be these huge layoffs? I don't think he ever imagined that. So I think that he had a longer term plan with Pentagon than what actually works for what happened business-wise. Like, I think if they had known where this was going to be at business-wise, the strap would have been on Pentagon at the beginning of season three. Honestly, I feel like Pentagon's an afterthought because he's not a character created by the writing team. I just but agree. he is, to my a certain feeling. extent. I mean, the mask in Pentagon the... Dark. Pentagon Dark. Pentagon yeah, Dark, the, like, was the skeleton ninja angle part of his real AAA backstory? I mean, they he started doing it before he came there. But I mean, what they did is they they took um, Chong Lee from Bloodsport. They added it to his character. And then, yeah, it was the most awesome thing ever, <laughs> you know, and uh, everyone loved it and everyone still loves it. And I thank them for writing something I like so much, even though I don't agree with where they went with it. I think they're good writers. I think they're good people. I just I just think it was a major fuck up. I think that spending the season pushing a guy that wants to leave the company because you're trying to get him to stay isn't the fucking way to go. This is all. And everyone knows who I'm talking about there. You know, so I don't know. Man. Sorry, I had to uh, step away for just a quick second. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to our homie that uh, created our logo what i'm not wearing right now he's in the hospital not doing so good right oh now, so. shit dude hopefully he's fuck man yeah so thoughts and prayers out to my homeboy charlie demarco i'm gonna yeah, find out what's going in, on as soon as we get off the air sending good vibes on his way fuck man yeah we should um, this up. all right so this match not not the end all be all that we wanted it to be mm-hmm. um pentagon storyline not the end all be all that we wanted it to be so well, far. Like they give him a belt, but it's not like it's not a real champion belt. It's a promise of something cool happening. But yeah, it's a promise it, ring. It's a Cracker it, Jack it, box ring. But it's a, it's a glorified ring. fucking change purse so for Aztec. So we're, so we're in the middle of we don't know if there's ever going to be another show. And we're told if there's another show and if there's another season. I know, but when they wrote it, you can't blame them on cool. that. It's just a really yeah. disappointing way to to cap just, off our whole Pentagon thing. But Casey, all around. So was, here's the yeah. real question: mm-hmm. on the Casey scale, it fits the criteria. Yeah, Uh-oh. it does. But you know what? This made me completely abandon the Casey scale because the match just sucked so much that I was yes. not entertained by it at all. So Casey scale has uh, no integrity. So basically, I consider putting Pentagon in a match that sucked this bad a loss for Pentagon. I would have rather he wasn't on the show at all. Zero out of five. Wow, there it is. Um, I give this episode, uh, uh, I'll give it a six on a 10-point scale. Byron, are you eating an entire pint of ice cream, you fat red bastard? I'm working on it. (laughs) What kind of ice cream you got? Is that Cherry Garcia? Chunky Monkey? Peanut butter. Oh, uh, peanut butter. I took Dude, a break. You got it. Let me see it again, Byron. What is that? I, I, I didn't see it. Put it up there again. Put it up there. Put it up there, fat boy. Ben and, Jerry, it. ben and Jerry's peanut butter. Peanut butter cup. We should just get a sponsorship from those guys for you. 
Oh, dude, for no, for us, because I love everything but the and half baked so much. I love half baked. Have you had everything but the? Mm-mm. Yeah, you got to try that one if you see it. It's fucking amazing. So that was the end of the episode. Oh, wait, it wasn't. There was like five minutes left. We haven't had a good end of show uh, vignette in a while. And I don't know if this would qualify or not. I'm curious to know what you guys think. We have Prophetic Vamp. I love Prophetic Vamp because he starts off this vignette saying, next week, all this comes to an end. Whoops. (laughs) That might be the most true thing he's ever said. We don't know yet. We'll find out. Though I don't believe so. I, I disagree with Casey. I believe there will be some type of something in the future even if it's a one-off special i have a feeling that we'll do one more thing with lucha underground that is televised somewhere the lucha underground christmas 2019 special <laughs> um so this uh this segment is a little strange we see that puma dark is in full effect vampiro's telling them you know your journey's come full circle gets them all fired up to go get his belt then sends him out of the room and then um, we hear a voice telling Vampiro that he's done well. And he says, thanks, master. Maestro. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, so Vamp has a master too. Yeah. Vamp is not only the maestro, but he is uh, serving some other master. And um, here's, here's what I'm going to say. I really, 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 really hope that that master is Carmen Perez huh. in a bikini. Nah, dude, it's going to be, it's going to be Millie or it's going to be Millie or Vanilli, whichever one's still alive. Robert fab. One of them's still alive. I think it's going to be him fab, right? Anyway, no, I want it to be Carmen Perez in a bikini. Yeah. Eating, donuts, Justin, eating donuts. Justin, when, when you, <laughs> when Justin. you, when you talk about Carmen Perez, Rosness, I want you to picture her as oh, you the said the Rosnes part. You didn't have to remind me that she's married now. I want, Damn you, it. To, I want you to picture her as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh my now. god, you're ruining my life with this thing. You're just ruining it all. Here's what here's what I think is gonna happen. Says. I think what's gonna happen is uh it'll be the end of the episode next week, and they reveal the maestro as Conan. And then he starts, then he does a commercial for the next crash show. <laughs> and there's never another Duke Underground. What if it's Glenn? Let oh. Glenn Gilberti be the maestro. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. And then everyone has to start dancing more. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up yeah. for it. Um, he starts doing really awful looking arm drags. Oh, fuck you, Jinder Mahal. God damn it. But so is this another uh, dangling DJ carrot? Now we've got this master we've got the limo guy we've got a lot of of faceless talk about you know these underworld organizations or these you know aztec gods and people in in the order and this that and the other thing like when are we gonna start seeing some of these people and if lucha underground doesn't get the same kind of budget how are they going to get broed out by more lorenzo lamases of the world to play these people well lorenzo <laughs> Lamas is free you fucking switch to like Randall Tex Cobb and fucking um, like Jan Michael Vincent. It's all right. I am all for it. I'm all for it. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. This is another DJ special where I feel like we're getting it this week. And I'm hoping with a two hour episode next week that we're going to get a shit ton of vignettes because there really haven't been that many during Ultima Lucha, which has surprised me. Like, I feel like they could have been playing up the close to some of these storylines a little bit more like, mm-hmm. you know, Ricky and, and uh, Joey, like something there with Captain Perez. Like I'm surprised uh, and we honestly, got a little bit with Jeremiah and, and, uh, Ivelisse, but yeah, the Amulet story, something has to happen there. I still think I still think the maestro for Vampiro is I'm ninety-nine percent sure I know who it is. It's and, Stolman, isn't it? Yeah. Um because someone's gotta ring that fucking bell, son. Well, I think I want it to be uh Captain Hotness, Captain Vasquez, <laughs> Carmen Perez. That's my that's yeah. my pick for the maestro. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but no, tied up. Uh, I, I've well, also been very, it. very worried that they're going to kill Carmen Perez's character at the end of the season. I hope that does not happen. Not. Well, if you if you see all the past tense in Katrina's uh, Twitter, it might be that, the other that, way around. That doesn't matter as far as like storylines. That matters as far as they haven't worked there for over a year. Yeah, and, and you know, Katrina never no. accidentally leaked anything storyline-wise, right? Nope. Never. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, the... um. The Reptile Club, whatever they are, they had a great um, bathroom brawl, so to speak. The Reptile with, Club, like they're the fucking yeah. bullet club. They go around too sweeting with like. There was a really great cinematic fight scene that yes. they did, and that was awesome. And it looked like that they could do that sort of stuff without having to take them into the ring. So we could actually have more or less confrontations or matches, but done cinematically. And they never really did those again. And I, I wonder if we're going to see more of that. Well, I, I hope think we we're going to see, see Daga beheading uh, Lotus. I, th- right? I think we're going to see Daga behead he just uh, sword, and he's like i'm gonna fuck people up and he trips and falls on and cuts himself in half that could happen and then r.i.p daga no um (laughs) if you're gonna cut off someone's head cut off ibora's head because it's the easiest one to fake come on man no put a melon inside that mask and (laughs) (laughs) casey's a mean person all right so that's that's the episode that's all the lucha underground talk that's all the 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 understanding of tv and how it actually works and hopefully everyone gets that stuff i want to talk wwe a little bit because as casey said he actually watched the pay-per-view but i want to talk about this in a certain order first of all the return of the shield um this is all anybody who is talking about wrestling is talking about so we're going to talk about it too and we're going to say this um the shield is back together Mm -hmm. who gives a shit well, I mean, I don't know. Is awesome. this, my, my real only question about this is we've seen it coming for a while. I thought that they probably could have done it in a bigger, better way. It feels like they just kind of fell back into it, which was silly. They've been working up to it. Why not have it be a, a bigger moment? Um, Especially when the DX one was done so fucking much better. Yeah. Like it's I just didn't. One. Yeah, I didn't get it. And I almost feel like it was it was a thing where they were going to hold it for longer. And then they were just like, 
shit. We've got nothing for Roman. We've tried everything. Just put him back in the shield and see if we can get him And it's working. All these people that were like fucking hating Roman Reigns are like all back on his nuts again because he's in the shield. Well, look, this is what all the fans have been saying. They've been saying, look, either make him a heel if he's going to be solo or put him back with the shield if you want him to be face. Fans have been telling WWE this for two years now. You could, well, you could see when they three stand together. You have Seth standing off by himself doing whatever he's doing. You have Dean Ambrose getting all the attention, acting, you know, crazy, wacky, like Joker. Which is evil. better with a group yeah. around him. I, it, by himself, yeah. it does, comes off weird. And like then, you wouldn't have that kind of swagger on your own. And then Reigns stands in the background. And he, he just stands there silent, looking badass. But he basically, he, he exists in the background and maybe he's the leader by doing that maybe not but that's playing to a strength he comes in does a couple of things everyone cheers when he does the powerbomb and the spear and though and the howl and maybe he says believe in a shield or something but he looks very comfortable in letting those well, guys and, and the three of them put together are a good talker you have Seth, who come out and basically set up your angles for you. Then you have Ambrose, who'll do your shit talking. And then you have Roman, who can bring it home and just put the fire in it at the end with the yeah. definitive stamp of we're going to kick your ass. And, and put together, all three of them are a decent talker. <laughs> Individually, yeah. it's weird. So maybe uh, I mean, this I, is the way to go. I like Johnny Moxley uh, promos, but the wacky Dean Ambrose promos are... Eh. Yeah. They're not all that great because the, the burial of Enzo. I'm not going to talk about the shield forever. I can't give those fucks any more time. Fuck them. The burial of Enzo. Is that I, premature? I don't think it was a burial. I think it's an angle playing out. I mean, I think it played out too soon, though. Really? You put the strap on Kalisto right now. Like the heat was so good with the belt on him. Yeah, but it was I feel like it was a little hot shotted just to again try to punish Enzo some more. Like I almost I, feel like it was getting over. So they wanted to stop it. I think, I mean, I think he takes it back at the pay-per-view, which is a cage match. I hope so. Are they doing oh, it? God, guys. You, it, was like, it was like clockwork. You mentioned Roman Reigns, and I had to go take a piss. But it's, like, it's um, it was <laughs> it was for Eddie's birthday. They put it on Kalisto for Eddie's birthday as sort of a tribute and also to kind of get Eddie help. I don't know. I feel like the way that they were Kalisto doing it, over. they were kind of burying Enzo at the same time. And look, the thing is over. Put it back on Enzo. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's just a hot shot of deal to get that pop for on Eddie's birthday, and then they'll reset it back, and then they have to figure out because the Neville thing, Neville's probably leaving right now. He's not written into anything I've read. So yeah, if he stays, they have to. F- oh, he's not going to get to go up and down the road with Fergal Devitt anymore. No, he's going to go oh, and have great matches and oh probably make a lot more money and get way more over. Than Fergal and his George. little troll buddy aren't going to go up and down the road anymore. Oh, did you see Bray start dressing like a lady? It's so scary. What the F? Sister, what the uh, F? And then, like, the vocal effect is coming in and out. And, like, <laughs> what, I, what am I, I supposed to make of this? I, think I don't it, know what this is. It could, I be can't, summed I can't. Up by, it could be summed up by Randy Orton liking a tweet that says uh, a made-up quote of, I'm glad I'm so far away from this Bray Wyatt nonsense now. A fake quote attributed to Randy Orton of one of those joke Twitter accounts, and he yeah. was like, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Like, not a fake account anymore. I will make that a real one. 
Confirmed. No, it's just like maybe maybe it could go somewhere. Maybe there's something to it, but I don't get it. And it's like, is this is this the only way that WWE can pull off intergender wrestling? I don't get it. And and meanwhile, over on SmackDown, hello, Bludgeon Brothers. Why 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 not just put them back with Bray? Good good lord. Whoa, what is the Bludgeon Brothers? You know, I can't complain about anything that puts Luke Harper on my TV. Fucking love that guy. Luke. Luke Harper is the man. Here's the thing with the whole Sister Abigail thing. Maybe it's a horrible idea, most likely, or maybe it's they're trying something with him and they're put, uh, they're investing some sort of effort and money in him. Which but is what is it? But what's it matter if it's good or not good? He's gonna go and he's gonna lose to Finn. And the Sister Abigail thing will exist for like two, three weeks. Which I don't know. You think he's gonna lose three in a row to Finn? Yeah. No, he won. He w- no, he wins the matches that don't matter. Um, Finn's going for Brock next, so he's gonna lose. But and no, Bray's Bray's gonna lose to Finn. Yeah, yeah, and so Finn's gonna win this feud, go on to Brock, lose Brock Reigns WrestleMania, good times for no one. Bray yeah, always loses. Bray's like the main event, Savio Vega. All right, so let's talk about your Hell in the Cell. So all, much. all the heels win except for Bobby Roode, who's somehow not a heel now. <laughs> yeah, but but like the heels that won were sh- kind of shitty most of the time, like fucking Jinder Mahal and uh, oh god, I don't I don't even remember the rest. Like Kevin Owens winning was dope, and Sami Zayn finally realizing how the world works. That promo, okay, that promo to me was basically Sami Zayn said, I'm going to tell WWE booking and writing exactly what they do wrong with every baby face as my promo. Because that's pretty much what it was. It was like, hey, guys, I'm not over because these guys can't write Jack for baby faces. They don't know how to create superheroes anymore. They only know how to create villains. Well, Jericho brought it up when he left last time. Uh, he first alluded to it by saying, I left at the right time. I always know when to leave and when to come back when I'm fresh. But he also, he just came out and said it. He did his um, Kevin Owens story, which is awesome. But now I'm a good guy. And you're either you're either John Cena or you're a bumbling idiot if you're a good well, guy. Well, yeah, and your best, your best hope as a good guy is to be a part-timer be the rock or even be Cena where you can just come in and pop a crowd or get some kind of reaction for a few weeks and then go away. Even Lesnar, who's kind of a baby face these days, but he's champ too, is working a part-time program. I mean, that's like the only way to get over as a face on a regular basis. Like Bailey was actually one of the best and most over faces. And then her regular programs just died. Like just make her heroic. (laughs) Why are they making her, you know, basically they made her into a pussy female Eugene. Female yeah. Eugene. There we, we go. Made her into a specialty Woo. sideshow attraction. It's like she's selling all this merch. She's totally getting over. Make her into a damn superhero. Make her fucking the Wonder Woman of WWE. What's what is wrong with that? They don't they don't know how to they, it's just it's the thing. The baby faces have always been dumb and the heels have always been smart and the ones who are whenever they cut promos, they say the stuff that's correct, even though they're kind of they're kind but there's of a, about there's it. a way to do a baby face too and it's like the attitude era has made them forget because of the rock and because of stone cold steve austin they've forgotten how to make a straight up heroic baby face without yeah. making 
peasy. Right. Just make them yeah. want to do good. That's it. They just have to want to do good stuff. They shouldn't have to question it. They're trying to do it like like this the Superman from the Superman versus Batman movie where he's questioning himself all the time. Like we don't need all that dark stuff. The little kids will still pop. They'll still buy the merchandise. It'll get over with us guys because we know what it is. And of course, we're going to like our heels better because they say the smart, quippy stuff. And we're smarks, you know, but like let a baby face be a baby face without making them an idiot. It's not that hard. I don't know. Maybe it is that hard. I don't know because their most successful baby faces in company history are fucking assholes. Like even Hogan, if you look back at every angle he did, he was a fucking asshole. And and the oh, heels Hogan was were- the first like huge main event baby face that would cheat, poke eyes and I and things like that. Right. And, and then like punches. If you go back now and watch that shit as an adult, everything, every heel thought against him is completely justified. Yeah. Like, especially Randy Savage. He was trying to get a cheap, free touch on Elizabeth. God damn it. It's true. And then he pulled Sid out of the fucking Royal Rumble. Remember that? Fucking King Sid didn't deserve that. Well, and I mean, if you look like who's the the next most over baby faces are probably the New Day. And they they use heel tactics all the time. They use free bird rules. They cheat to help each other. They cut mean spirited promos on their opponents all the time. Um, yeah, and they're they're your baby faces. I mean, they're they, your biggest they baby have, faces in the company right now. They have one of their guys stand patiently outside of the cell for the entire match. Yeah, it's yeah. also but but like look, if they're gonna make Roman a baby face, just have him come like have him keep coming through the crowd, have the old shield interest, have him come through the crowd, have him like talk, stop and talk to people on the way. If necessary, save it for a pay-per-view, save it for a whole nother pop though. Cause yeah. they can bring back elements of the shield and, and re rehash that nostalgia pop the first time they bring something back, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just, they're just missing the boat there. So what else did you think about the pay-per-view case? Anything? Um, the shade match. Oh, that match sucked, dude. The Fuck gen- that shit. I think the gender experiment is over. I think they need to get the belt yeah. back on AJ soon. Uh, AJ versus Shinsuke for Mania. Um, Make it happen. You know what, yeah. Justin? Oh, that oh, that oh, India, oh. India tour, dude, it's not until December. They're going to keep the belt on him until then. And it's I think they take suck. it off him for a little while, give it back to him for that run. Um, and what if him- he wins it back in India? That'd be kind of cool. See, well, I was fine, but I think thing. AJ is the guy for that program. And I think after you come out of that program, you leave the belt on AJ going into Mania against Shinsuke. I think that's what's got to happen. That's the real money. I think it'll end up being something like Shane McMahon wrestles Shinsuke. And, uh, you know, just like AJ Styles for no reason. And, uh, but I don't know. Um, they, they pretty clearly said Shane McMahon's dead and never coming back. So um, he'll be back in a week. <laughs> that was his retirement for the month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that that match that 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 match did exactly what it was supposed to do. I mean, Shane did the big spot. It's the exact same one we saw him do against the Undertaker, but uh, but it was forty five minutes long, dude. It was a bit long, but you can't tell me that when they were up there on the top of the cage that you didn't think because his last spot was that spot over onto the announce table that they weren't going to fall through the top this time that they were going to do one of those spots. Like I was really nervous. Like we might see Shane die. Like they actually got me believing that again. I actually thought they were going to do, they were going to cut to some really stupid pre-tape of him dying backstage or something. 
<laughs> because of the false count anywhere thing. Right. Well, and just why false count anywhere for they did that yeah. so they could do the spot off the top and yeah. have but, it be the finish and not have to get back into the cage afterwards. They've always done it where you get back in the cage. No, um, actually, Triple H versus Jericho, <laughs> the pin was at the top of the cage, and right. it was the only one that actually had this rule. But yeah, now now it's false count anywhere. I think they just they wanted the pin to be on the broken announce table for the Sammy finish. That's the reason why they did false count anywhere. Yeah, which made sense. It's fine, and I like the Sammy thing too. Like I liked his promo. I, I'd like to see where they go with him from here. Um, I liked him as a face, but again, they couldn't figure out what to do with him other than have him lose because he was a dumb face. So, you know, I, I don't know if I want to see him really working a program alongside KO unless they're actually tag champs or in a tag championship program. I don't know. But I, I would like to see him more in the U.S. title picture or something like that. Let's see. Well, now now they're going to want to punish him, right? So he's going to feud with Randy Orton because that's who the GMs use to punish heels that they get mad at. So, it, it, you know, since the Teddy Long days, because Undertaker's not along anymore. So you can't be like, you're going to go one-on-one -on -one with the Undertaker player. No. Tag match. Holla, holla. Yeah, now you're going to go one-on-one -on -one with the Viper Randy Orton player. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, done. Craziness. <clears throat> All right, I got to talk some UFC. I'm done with WWE. Yeah. Unless you got anything else you want to say, Byron. Uh, Braun Strowman rules. Braun, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not disliking uh, what they've done with Braun at all. I like I'm Braun. Pretty happy about it. Seems like, a, seems like a happy accident that they they still haven't messed Braun up. But Braun, it's kind of like their answer to to Brock. Well, look, I got to say that. <clears throat> The WWE product overall, I feel like, is in much better shape right now than it was about a year and a half ago. I mean, you look at this time last year, what, we were starting the Goldberg feud? I wasn't even watching a year and a half ago, you know? like It was I, that bad, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's definitely turned a corner to a certain extent. And I, you know, and I always say, like, if, if one of these companies is doing something that's right, that I like, I will say it. I'm not afraid yeah. to say that my issues with WWE have softened. Um, I like a lot of the talent now. I like kind of where they're going. And honestly, a lot of times I, I tend to like WWE in the, in the WrestleMania off season. I tend to like what they do in the fall. They give guys a shot. They, you know, this was the time last year when they're putting the strap on the universal title on Finn and making these new belts and shaking things up and splitting up SmackDown and raw again and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, um, Hey guys, you know what else we got to figure out soon? Hmm our Lucha fantasy draft. And if we're even going to do it, if there's not going to be a Lucha underground, <laughs> ah, fuck it. I a have lot of people have been asking if we're going to do another one. Now, are we going to do another one? No, we should, we should do another one. No, we shouldn't. I already won. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's why he doesn't want to do another one. He wants to go out as the reigning champion. He wants to go out on the reigning defending what's, retired champion. What's the big surprise? Casey's scared. Oh my God. 
We'll have to see. You guys let us know on Twitter. Maybe we'll start a poll if you guys want to see us do another Lucha Underground fantasy draft and booking. Oh, okay. What I want to do is I want to have DJ come on and do it with us so I can beat him too. How about that? Oh, but he's already got, he's already had years to work on his booking ideas. That's no fair. We will have. No, that's why, dude. We get him to let shit slip that we're not supposed to know. Uh, He'd almost have to intentionally book himself badly not to ruin the good shit that he actually wants. Exactly. So either. Either we get juicy tidbits or I fucking win again. It works. Why, why don't we get the juice on the show to do something? Who oh, means? you mean OJ Simpson, the juice? He's mm-hmm. free, isn't he? Shout There's out no- shout out to the funniest sketch in SNL history uh, or in recent history last week on SNL. Justin knows what I'm talking about, don't you? No, I have no idea what you're talking about, Byron. The, they did a sketch. It was Keenan, and he was on a blind date with Wonder Woman. She wasn't Wonder Woman in the sketch, though. And and uh, it was funny. He's like, yeah, I have, I've been away for a while, but I used to come to this place all the time. I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, she calls him. So she says, so uh, I'm doing my best to ruin the actual really funny bit. She goes, so is OJ a nickname? That's, that's the- when you realize, oh, this is OJ, OJ on a date, fresh out of jail. He found the one person who didn't know who he was. <laughs> Which is really, really funny. And I wanted you to tell it because I knew you would murder it. So you think they'll go uh, with an all Harvey Weinstein episode next week? Or is it too soon? No, I mean, they barely um, touched. The I'm Cosby hoping they thing. do a sketch where Bill Cosby roofies Harvey Weinstein and has his way with him. I, um, hey, yeah, I mean, I'm those, not, things, those things aren't um, fresh. They're not fresh. I'm going to say, though, I'm gonna say everyone there knows about everyone knew about Weinstein. Everyone knew about Cosby and it's coming to light now. And I don't know. I didn't know about Cosby, but I will say even I have heard rumors about yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Meryl Streep or whoever, anyone saying that they didn't know. It's like, dude, I am barely on the edge of the entertainment industry and I knew. Dude, I was a lowly fucking intern and I knew and fucking Kevin Smith is saying that he didn't know fucking bullshit. I heard all Tarantino is releasing statements through other people because he clearly knew and doesn't know what to say publicly. Like he's got writers crafting what he's going to say about this because it's a delicate situation because basically even if you're not the scumbag, a lot of people are implicated. Yeah, I mean, because anyone who knew he was the scumbag is implicated at this point. But if whatever. you don't say something that's close, it's a gray area. If you don't say something, then it's close to. Is it? I mean, honestly, I. I it's people a, it's who didn't a say something. Situation. I can't blame them because it is just a, a product of how this industry has worked for so long, even dating back to the studio system where they would cover up things for their contracted actors. And we used to do this for politicians, but now we're moving into an era where you don't do that. Where, where John Kennedy can't sneak a chick in through the basement anymore or go out to Vegas and have a fun weekend. You know, you can't do yeah. that if you're a politician or an actor anymore. And it's weird because look, the industry has, has attracted a lot of scumbags because of the fact that that is stuff that you can get away with if you're powerful or famous. And, and some people are attracted to the party and the lifestyle and the taking advantage of people and they're scumbags and they're shitty people. Hey guys. Um, so MGM actually, uh, contacted fightful online's reporter that just copied and pasted the Meltzer story basically. Mm -hmm. And they told them we're not shopping the show around. (laughs) Oh, wow. They're Breaking not news. people. Yeah. 
And this is what this is what we say. We don't report things on this show that are bullshit. A, we don't really even care about reporting in the first place. So yeah. if we're saying it, it's because we actually know what the hell we're talking about. Unlike these other people that sadly have to fill a column or have to say something. And God bless them for still wanting to talk about Lucha Underground. But let's find some truth, people. MGM is not shopping lucha underground they can't shop lucha underground yet technically and at such a point in time when it becomes worth it for them to shop lucha underground i'm sure that they will but it's not today um all right so i lost casey but i still want to talk about some ufc here um a lot of people are still talking about the john jones thing and many people uh even people in the know and some of the upper brass at ufc have said that this john jones thing can't possibly be right for some reason they're trying to figure out why he would test this way and here's why because the funny thing about it is this was the test that he knew about no one understands why he wouldn't pop hot on the random tests most of these guys almost everybody clears even the cheaters <coughs> which is why this is so weird even the cheaters clear the tests that everyone knows are coming. He got popped at one of the in-competition standard <laughs> drug tests that nobody fails because everybody knows how to mask them or get off of stuff in time or not take the stuff that shows up there. Like, it is really, <laughs> really weird. Um, so maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's some kind of grand conspiracy, but I don't hear... John Jones shouting that from the hills or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it at this point in time, but I do find it interesting that the story is still going. His appeal is still pending and that a lot of people who are very in the know um, and would know and are not particularly loyal to John Jones or the Jackson Winkle John camp for any reason are saying that these results are still very, very suspect. And a lot of people expect him to get a, uh, a lesson sentence, if not have it thrown out altogether somehow. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if the legacy of John Jones may still be intact in some fashion. But until then, um, it's still DC, who a lot of people like make fun of being the crybaby and everything. I don't. I don't know if I get it. Like I, I've, I like Cormier as a heel and kind of a whiny heel, but uh, I don't really consider him a crybaby. I don't know. What do you think, Case? Uh, I I think he's just being fucking funny. Um, like, okay, I'll, I'll call a crybaby a fucking crybaby on this yeah. show. I don't think he is one. I mean, <clears throat> he's not running around in a mask calling himself Prince Puma. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, I don't even think Prince Puma's being a crybaby anymore, which is good. I hope, I hope he listened to the it's, show and took it seems like criticism he's, seriously. Yeah. It seems like he stopped. So, yeah. Um, Rumble Johnson's coming back at heavyweight now, though, which is interesting. Oh. And I think I think he'll have a decent little run up there because I think he can just go up there and bang. But this is amazing to think about the fact that this was a guy who once fought Dan Hardy at 170 pounds. You know, <laughs> he has <laughs> he has been at almost every weight class in the UFC, um, which is amazing. I mean, the stuff that guy's put his body through to finally be up at heavyweight is is incredible. But I think. I think he'll have a decent run up there. I don't know how he'll fare with some of these guys. Like, I think we're going to really see what kind of chin he's got. But I think he's going to put it on a couple of these guys, especially at the beginning. They'll give him a couple of the uh, 14, 15th ranked guys in heavyweight. Mm -hmm. That'll just go out and swing, swing leather with him. And uh, this will tell him whether or not he really wants to be retired. Once he, once he takes a few heavyweight punches to the chin, 
he's going to determine real fast if he wants to keep being a professional prize fighter or not. He's either going to get in there and start blasting dudes and getting some knockouts and making some big money up at heavyweight, or he's going to get clocked on the chin a couple times and be like, no, no, I was wrong. I really don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to go back to that retired thing and, and open in my weed stores in California or whatever he was doing. Um, all right, UFC 216 this past weekend. El Kukui is your new kind of sort of lightweight champion of interimness specificity. Hey, hey, he he said that he would give Connor a title shot. And Dana White is claiming that that's the fight he wants to make. Dana White has not said that that's the fight that Connor is going to allow him to make. Uh, but GSP has said that he will take the uh, Robert Whitaker fight after his fight. So um, he's not really looking for, for Connor like I thought might be the case. Um, Khabib. Uh, it finally does not lay a better claim than Tony to the title because Khabib hasn't fought, even though he's undefeated and Tony now has this interim belt. So I think mm-hmm. that Connor can now avoid Khabib if he wants to a lot easier. So maybe Tony really is next. I, I really kind of thought that Connor and I, and, and if GSP beats Bisping, I still think that there's a big, big chance that Connor may go up to 170 and try to fight uh, GSP for the title. Well, there's good money. There's good money in that. I mean, but, I pay to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Kevin Lee is still a star from this. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way that he wanted to. I mean, El Kukui is a beast, and it, that fight pretty much went exactly how I thought it would go. Um, but I still think that this helps Kevin Lee. I think if he clears out a little bit more of the middle of the division, he's got some more big money fights in his future. He's a good talker. He's actually a really good fighter. He's just not, he's, he's not in the top five yet. And wasn't meant to be. He really is the number six or seven guy. He looked like a number six or seven guy out there against the number one or two guy, which El Kukui is. El Kukui is. Um, so, but maybe he can work his way up to the middle of the division and clip off some of those other guys and maybe get to a Eddie Alvarez or another name again, uh, somebody that he can he can handle. And mm-hmm. you know, I expect to see Kevin Lee fight for a belt again two years from now. I expect him to get back up there and, and make some good money along the way now, too, because I think this race is profile a lot. Um, so the other fights coming out of this, DJ puts on the most dis- boring display of fighting in the world ever again until the finish. Holy shit. I like I almost want to take back every bad thing I've ever said about DJ and his boring fighting, except for the fact that there were still four rounds of that in this fight. But then that <laughs> finisher that he calls the mighty whiz bang, which is lame. Everyone else is calling it the mouse trap. He takes a suplex into what is it? It's like a, um, a suplex into an arm drag and then jumps into an arm bar while the guy's coming down on his side and he's practiced this before and it looked like it was practiced. It did not look like a flu. Yeah. It's kind of like the Minoru special uh, in pro wrestling terms, but it does, it do, but it also it looks around. very much like a pro wrestling move where somebody has to willingly let you do this thing to right, them. But right. that was not the case. Mm-hmm. He imposed this on somebody. This is better than that guy winning an MMA fight with a Boston crab a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this is basically a pro wrestling-esque move done for real in a championship MMA fight against a top talent. Ray Borg was is no joke. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's it, it's it was a crazy move. Um, but these are the kind of things that Mighty Mouse has to do. Like if he wants to be uh, one of the best ever, like okay, you got fighters saying you're one of the best ever. You've got 
MMA insiders are saying you're one of the best ever, but I know no casual fan that gives even half of a shit about Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. Like, like they just don't care. And there's no way that you can tell me that they do. There's no way you can tell me it's entirely the UFC's fault. I feel like if John Dodson had beaten Mighty Mouse or had the same kind of run, he would be infinitely more popular. There's something about DJ that just doesn't resonate. And I can't, I can't even put my finger on it, but like him and his team have to crack the code. They have to figure it out because fighting wise and in the cage wise, he does deserve to be one of the greatest of all time but he's never going to be that if people don't know about him or or care about him. Are you saying you don't like his Twitch stream? His Twitch stream is dope. It's actually probably one of the most interesting things about him, but that's it. (laughs) Like, and I'm not saying that every fighter has to talk smack. Obviously that's not the case. Plenty of fighters have become very popular, not talking smack. They don't all have to be Conor McGregor or Kevin Lee or Michael Bisping. Um, he can be a nice guy, but they've got to do something to try to start getting him over with the people. Like, yeah, I don't feel like he's, you know, as good a representative for the black community as like Kevin Lee or even Tyron Woodley. So I don't think he's really capturing that market. I think he's getting some of the nerds, but they're not playing him up. It's like maybe they need to send him to a, a UFC sponsored video gaming event, like make him a bigger deal to the nerds, get him mm-hmm. on, you know, the nerdist and you know, whatever kind of G4 shows are out there right now, even though G4 doesn't exist. No, I mean, unfortunately, no, but I mean, that's the market that they need to play to, to get him somewhere. And like, you know, I think there's even a large female contingent in that market that would really kind of gravitate to him in his weird ears. Anyway. Yeah. The girls that are, that were really into uh, the smart guy since they yeah. look exactly the same. And honestly, I feel like GSP in his heyday was very similar to Mighty Mouse in a lot of ways. He was kind of soft-spoken, given he had a country behind him. But, you know, the other thing that GSP really had going for him in his heyday is he fought big names. DJ has not fought big names because the division was created around him. So there was no... The, the big names were Dodson and, and Benavidez, and that's it. And he whooped up on both of them twice. Like, what else do you do now? That was it. That was all the names in your division. Uncle Creepy's not around there anymore. Like, Sadly. All these, all these, Sadly. Yeah, he's been having some weird issues. But I think he, he just got his release, and he's going to go fight in Japan, I think, now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's just weird. Like, he needs... Or, or he needs more highlights like this. Or he's got to stop being boring and doing it on his own. Yeah, keep fighting all whoever is named the next best guy in your division all day long, but then finish him off with something like this every time. Mm-hmm. Got to give me something. Even El Kakui has done some of that. Like That's part of why he's where he is. He, he is a little vulnerable in his fights. People, Guys like Lando Venata get to him every now and then, but then he finishes spectacularly with a Dars choke or a knockout or rear naked. Like You got to impress me and... and DJ did that this time, so I'll give him his props. All right, moving yeah, on. Yeah. I, I just want to talk about this because this card, I don't know if anybody realized it. UFC 216 was actually pretty good, but it was not without many, many issues and changes. Um, first, Abel Trujillo was going to face Lando Groovy Venata, but then he was replaced by Bobby Green, which is awesome because that was a great fight. That was can, can we talk? Can we talk about Lando? Yeah, please. Lando uh, <laughs> lost that point in the first round to a direct knee, but it was not so direct, which I uh, thought was kind of BS, but fight was a draw. I was still satisfied. Go ahead. And also your name's fucking Lando and you make your nickname groovy. 
You make your nickname Calrissian. Jesus fucking Christ. Casey, you old space pirate. You make your name Lando works every time, Venata, first of all. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Colt Come 45. On. Or, Col- or just Lando Colt 45, Venata. You know what's funny is Byron has no fucking idea what we're talking about. Oh, my God. And not just because works it's every time. Star Wars. Mm, kind of, but not really. Billy D. Williams, man. Look him up. The, the real Two-Face, Billy D. Williams. Hey, he got to be Two-Face in Lego Batman, so that was awesome. <laughs> Which is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. I think we t- mentioned that once before, but I caught that too, and it's great. Um, but that was a good fight, even with the draw. And there were two draws on this card, which was so weird. Like, when does that ever happen? Um, okay, so then that change happened, but it was for a good thing. And then Paige Van Zant was originally supposed to fight Jessica I, my homegirl from Cleveland, but then she backed out because of a back injury. Then, oh, that's not all she said. She had like staff pink eye, like 10 things, right? She rubbed her face on a poop pillow. Yeah. If she yeah. stopped texting on the toilet, none of this would have happened. I do also find it funny that that all this happened right after she moved and went to Chael's gym because she's been primarily training out of there now. Um, well, so known, I think- known, uh, known fecophiliac Chael Sonnen. <laughs> Chael Sonnen don't, not only likes to shit on his opponents, apparently he likes to shit all over the gym. <laughs> I don't know where it happened, but yeah, she had a million things wrong with her. Um, but so she pulls out and then Jessica, I, they set up uh, Andrea KGB Lee, who I'm a big fan of from um, LFA and Invicta. And she just defended her LFA title. So she gets called up from Invicta. Then Jessica, I says, no, no, I was training for Paige. So I'm, I don't really want to take that fight, which is fine. So then they, they're like, okay, but we still got, KGB, so we'll have her fight this Kalindra Faira or Faia, because I believe it's Brazilian. Faia. Yeah. Um, so she's brought in to face KGB. And then they tell KGB that because she was popped for a masking agent last year, even though she's already served out her, her suspension and sentence for it, that because of that, she has to be in the USADA testing program for six months. So basically, this is almost like serving another suspension. She basically gets called up to the UFC. She has a UFC contract now, and then they tell her she can't fight for six months. This sounds like something that's going to go to court. I don't know that she's even going to fight it. She seems like she's happy she's called up, but she's the LFA champion and still was signed to Invicta and probably would have had another fight this year or early next year. And now she's got to basically wait till late spring of next year for a fight. But it sounds like she's just going to wait it out do the testing and you know i I think the whole thing is kind of messed up though because i was actually excited to see her um but whatever she'll get in the mix and she's got her call up now so i think she's fine with it um so that was just weird so then um this italian newcomer uh mara romera borella she comes in as basically like i don't know the sixth or seventh or eighth woman that's supposed to be in this particular fight I mean, it's amazing that the whole fight just hasn't been canceled but they found someone and brought her in brand new to the ufc and she's the one who wins wow. she, some girl from italy nobody's ever heard of her no i don't even know if she's ever even fought before i don't even know what her record is like one and two who knows she wins by rear naked choke over this faia girl who's supposed to be really really good um super exciting fight should have probably been on the prelims, but they left it on the pay-per-view portion of the card and it was worth it. It was a great fight. And this no name from Italy. I don't even know if there's ever, uh, I think 
uh, Legionaris was like the only other guy from Italy that's ever even been in the UFC. <laughs> Shit, you know what? We should ask Vinny because I bet he would know. Well, I bet he look, would keep track. Vinny's countrywoman, though Vinny's Sicilian more so. I believe she's more Neapolitan Italian. But anyway, she won. It was amazing. And then also on this same card, canceled was Nick Lentz versus Ill Will Brooks. Uh, Lentz had some kind of medical issue that they said during uh, weigh-ins. It's amazing this card even went off. And then to top it all off, I didn't even know when the fight started that Derek Lewis was pulled from his fight. And uh, Fabricio Verdum still had a fight, but Derek Lewis was pulled from some severe back pain. And then he, they replaced him with a guy that nine out of 10 Trump supporters probably still thought was Derek Lewis, which is Walt Harris, another black guy who looks just like him. Uh, and of course, Walt was defeated via armbar. And on the highlight reel, it'll probably just look like Derek Lewis lost. <laughs> man, man, we should have we done the test on Byron to see if he could tell the difference. Fuck. I mean... I don't know. And I've heard people get Derek Brunson and Derek Lewis mixed up too. And you know. Well, see, at least their names are both Derek. Derek. That's a little more understandable. Yeah. Uh, one is the Black Beast and one is not. Let me just put it to you that way. Mm -hmm. um, but And the funny thing is, though, I, I've known for weeks that Derek had issues. And Ariel Hawani, I think, even asked him directly, like, are, is your back okay? Are you going to be able to get through this fight and whatever? And Derek was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then obviously it wasn't fine. Um, I love it. You know, every time you hear a fighter say they're having the best camp they've ever had or that they're in the best shape <laughs> of their life, that is just filler, people. Because, you know, 32% of the time it's true and the other 68% of the time it is a complete lie and everything's going wrong. The weight cut's wrong. They hate their training partners. Their coach is off sleeping with their wife. They have uh, a major injury like this. Like... <laughs> People, anytime someone's saying they're having a great camp, just disregard that even being a statement because it is just it's just words. It has no bearing on anything that's happening. It's not that they're lying. It's not that they're having a bad camp because they're saying that. It's because somebody asked them and that's just what you say, especially when your opponent is sitting right across from you. You don't say, oh, oh, no, I'm having the worst camp of my life. I'm in shitty shape. I've been getting up at three in the afternoon going doing once a week instead of two a days, you know, <laughs> like ever since, ever since I hop started those new pancakes, my training's fucking sucked. Let me tell yeah. you, I'm Come thinking on. of going for heavyweight next time. You'll hear that stuff after the fight. Um, <laughs> though, though, uh, I like some of the stuff Bisping was saying today and I'll get to that in a second. Next fight up for UFC though is, uh, Cowboy Cerrone versus Darren Till, which pretty much seems like a card entirely designed just to be about Cowboy Cerrone. I don't know any of the other fighters on the entire card for the most part. And honestly, I don't know anything about his opponent, Darren Till. I guess it's just really the Cowboy show. Apparently, Cowboy's popular enough to justify his own fight night now. <laughs> well, well, shit. If, if Cowboy's fighting, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm going to yeah. watch. I'm going to totally watch. And maybe I'll discover some new talent or some people that I like on the way. I guess that's the good part about it, right? Because yeah, and plus the man's insane, so he's an instant draw. Totally yeah. insane. Doesn't like Cowboy's at the point where I don't care if he wins or loses. He's he's Robbie Lawler. You know him and Robbie Lawler are the two guys. Like I will watch them fight anywhere, anyway, anyhow. Don't care mm -hmm. what company. Don't care if it's pay per view free. They're just always worth watching. And and even now and then, both of them will turn in a stinker of a performance, and who cares? Because you know the next one's probably going to be fire again. Um. Mm -hmm. But so the big card, though, is still UFC 217. They had the Bisping GSP press conference today. Uh, and Bisping basically 
this is one of the few times where it's a completely acceptable like besides all of his funny stuff i mean he was totally zinging george the whole time is really entertaining if you haven't watched it it wasn't like conor mcgregor level stuff because you don't feel like any real animosity but he actually was getting under gsp skin a little bit and it was funny <laughs> um he made fun of his accent a bunch too and you know his injuries and this and everything it was funny but Bisping actually did say very specifically, you know, oh, I'm training to beat George with, you know, not getting taken down and standing up off of his lay and pray and his boring bullshit. <laughs> it's perfect because, A, we all know that has to be true. That is the thing that he can't let GSP do. So he yeah. can totally say it. And the effect of that is either going to be that GSP doesn't try to do it and actually does try to bang with him, or that if GSP does do it and he's successful, that Bisping has a talking point afterwards about how GSP wouldn't engage him and wouldn't do a real man's fight. You know, Bisping was even yeah. saying, like, what's the middle word in the company? It's ultimate what championship, George? It's fighting championship. You have to actually fight me. You can't just lay Ooh. on me. <laughs> he kept calling him a lizard and this, that, the other thing. It was great. <laughs> lizard? Yeah, oh, it's just shit. a lay and pray lizard. It's awesome. Um, and, and so why not? It's like, this is the one time that completely giving away your game plan. Everyone knows that this is what Bisping has to train for. It is how you're going to beat him. People who have stuffed GSP's takedown early on are the ones that have fared the best against him. It's that simple. I mean, unless GSP comes with something else, but if he does come with something else, Bisping obviously has a way better chance of beating whatever that is mm -hmm. than the tried and true ground and pound lay and pray that he does that we know works so i thought it was pretty sweet i do find it funny that garbrandt and dillashaw is also on this madison square garden card because i feel like that's a fight that could really hold a pay-per-view on its own yeah and i don't know that it's really adding much to this one don't get me wrong i love a good big card and this one is one so i'm not mad about it i just find it surprising with as many fights as ufc has to put on that they didn't really just hold that one back to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited it's, to see that. What are you excited to see that one case? I'm excited to see it, but I, you know, I do think that this gets them more money, even though theirs would sell a pay-per-view on its own, they're going right. to get a little bit more here, which is cool for both of those dudes. So, well, specifically Cody, fuck, fuck Dillashaw. Well, yeah, Cody, I, <laughs> I, I'd like to see Cody, Cody win. And I'd like to see TJ lose and then then maybe TJ get that Mighty Mouse fight at 125, not at 135. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got, of course, Joanna Janjacek versus Rose Namajunas. Um, oh, boy, that's, that's a mouthful to say, but that is oh, just awesome. That's going to be fucking brutal and awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, and, that's going to be cool. Them, I like being second or third on the card because i think that rose especially when she doesn't have to deal with the the fight hype as much um she gets a belt shot without having to be the headliner on the card which means mm -hmm. she's not going to have as much press obligation she's still going to have some but um i feel like she's going to come in more focused hopefully she brings pat with her this time because we saw what happened to her when pat didn't come with her um Pat Barry, of course, the man who swings his leg like a baseball bat, like an Easton Black Magic. It's amazing. Oh, best kicks out there. Man, the, oh, come on. He lost to Crow Cop. We know. We know. Well, I mean, dude, Pat is small for a heavyweight. Pat's one of those guys that always needed that 225 weight division, you know? You know who didn't need that? Crow Cop. Boom. True. Truth. 
<laughs> but Pat Pat was a great fighter in the fact that he was always exciting and he was no, susceptible. Yeah, he was. But those kicks were vicious. So were Krokops, though. Um, anyway, I, I like that about that fight. And you got fucking Wonderboy Masvidal on that card, which is great. And um, Wonderboy Masvidal and then Hendrix versus Boroshinha. Paulo Boroshinha. Um, just the, it's just a great card. So that's the one I'm really looking forward to, even though I'll watch the Cowboy one. And I think there's even one more in between there, but a little less than a month away from 217 at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Um, Byron, you're still there, Byron. Yeah, what's I, up? I should have just gone off the air while you were muted because then I wouldn't have had to deal with you interrupting. But anything else you want to add, brother? I was listening. Uh, I think uh, UFC is a fake sport. Lucha Libre is the way of the future. Donald Trump <laughs> uh, should he should be the one in a cage with Matanza. Um, and what else? Uh, this podcast is not sponsored by alpha brain because I'm out, which is why I couldn't do a good disco joke earlier because I wasn't alpha brained up. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, dude, that's the thing. If you stop, you become like, like I just, I can, I'll, I'll take like one when I need it. If I, I, I need, I noticed that I get a little too weird and crashed. Is that way you were, yeah, yeah. To, you were actually able to step up your game on the, the two Casey list shows. And now you're just phoning it in now that he's back and making Casey do all the heavy lifting. You see how he well, talks over me most of the time. So if I need to get a word in edgewise, who talks over you talk. most of the time, nobody talks over you. Why would anybody ever talk over you, Byron? Yeah, exactly. That would be and really rude and uncalled for. Never even know what you're talking. You know, um, I do have to say Byron had to use peds to take over for Casey and he left the show. Look at that. <laughs> he just left all together he just quit sweet well that's the best time ever to actually i feel like i don't even want to end it now like i want to go on forever now it's gonna get good but i have to find limited edition halloween candles today i'm not even kidding uh this yeah. is by the way in fact official casey month this show is sponsored by count chocula it is powered by count chocula actually you know what today oh, was on blueberry this it, it was blueberry today yeah but i almost killed that box so it's gonna be either my one frankenberry see i buy like one box each of the fruity ones and then like six boxes of chocula and i want to tell everyone the family size boxes are at walmart right now i'm down i'm down to two boxes of chocula left and that's it that's my Damn. my run for, but i'm also gonna be out of town for a couple of weeks i'll be back on the road but we will be back next friday folks uh we're gonna make it happen we're gonna talk about ultima lucha uh, i don't know if i'm gonna pull out the lost episode next week or if i'm gonna do it the week after that and let you guys hear that uh the week after while i'm still traveling because i might not be able to do a show that week anyway um but we've got some other stuff planned for you guys we're not going anywhere we'll be back around we'll talk about some fun stuff whether lucha comes back or never comes back we'll still do at least a few more shows wait and, what uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you're under contract with us for like at least another two or three months casey <laughs> who funny. knows in 2018 but we'll we'll try to get a few more sh episodes in in 2017 and we'll definitely get you guys one for the ultima lucha finale next week so for Byron Fever, don't catch it because it's really nasty and it's bad for you. For the Professor Casey at Lucha Gringo and for me, the Outlaw L.A. Red, until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.